can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're going to be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 41, Fast and 41? Furious 6. Jesus. 41. Lap 4. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Lexco Cable the leading fabricator of wire rope products, Lexco Cable. They're a company that focuses on personal attention in order to create real and effective solutions for their customers. They believe in collaboration internally, so does our team, with our vendors and customers to form a positive and valuable relationship and product experience. Lexco. Did you get your steel cables? So this is what's weird. So, no, because I got something better. You got something better than steel cables? Go ahead. Lexco is headquartered in Norridge, Illinois. I knew that, yeah, because that's where the packages came from. right next to Go Bananas, which is a very famous, or maybe, I think it's a famous, but a a famous comedy club in Chicago, the Chicagoland area, Oh, where a lot of the comedians, like on the podcast I listen to, uh, perform. So, like, it's in the same parking lot. Is it really in the same parking lot? Are you kidding? Yeah. Nope. That's awesome. So what I got, Lexco just sent me uh, comedy passes to go bananas. Where the so fuck like, was my that... comedy passes? I just got this whole box of cabling. You, you're the one who wanted the cabling. I was like, can you got anything else for me? Okay. Here, check it out. How did you figure that out? I just Googled Lexco cable, and it, it, like, on the little map in Google in the, in the Google search, it said go bananas. And I was like, huh. Oh, damn. It's like literally right across the street. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So shout out Lexco. Welcome to Fast and Furious 6, Lap 4. This is a special episode, Joe, because I we are recording this intro, then I am driving to your house. No, you're not. And we are recording the episode with your lovely wife, Rachel. Yes. I'm excited. So this is the, it's the first time ever split recording, first time ever, or at least since Orlando, live in-person recording. Oh, yeah, that's it's true. We haven't done a big, live... Big things. We can kind of say, we're kind of like testing out the day before intro day slash episode. Our intros are super full of mail, which is awesome. Spoiler, again tonight. Our, our recording nights are getting a little long. You notice because the episodes are super long, but go ahead, sorry. My uh, effed up work schedule, last episode, yes. for, sort of forced our hand that has recorded two nights where we were both kind of like, that kind of felt better because like, we weren't in a rush. Feels and when good. we did the Hobbs and Shaw preview episode, I hope you're all excited for that. I hope you all listen to that. This week, Hobbs and Shaw comes out. Are you excited? I'm so fucking stoked. We were like, oh, that kind of feels better like it's it eats up kind of two nights as opposed to one but it's the same length the same amount of time and it just sort of feels like we're not rushed and we're also not sitting in one place for three and a half hours uh, my ass gets sore like literally gets sore from sitting there because that's the other thing, dear, dear listener. This is not a brag. This is just the work that goes into it. To put out an episode that's two hours and 35 minutes, we recorded last time three hours and 35 minutes. Like, there was all yeah. the stuff that I cut out in terms of gaps, in terms of tangents, in terms of this, in terms of that. He edits them. He seriously does. They're pretty good. I think it's apparent, but I don't know. Yeah, like, there's there's a lot that goes into it. It takes time, but it's also, we're, we're giving you our all. We're giving you the best of the best. Yeah, you know, you the do. best of what we can offer. You skim the, you skim the cream off the top. You know, Mm. like it's just Mm -hmm. all cream, all cream. So, Joe, let us start this episode with extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we recorded Fast Five? We obviously recorded Hobbs and Shaw preview in between. We did not do this on that episode. But what have you done since Fast Five? For probably the first episode ever, I remembered to remember what I did since the last time. I'm so proud of you. Remember, I was itching to tell it on the Hobbs and Shaw preview, but I was like, nope. I'm going to save it. As I talked about last time, my friend Dom was here. 
visiting from England. Two things we did with him before he left. Which is weird because there's a British Dom in this movie. There is a British Dom in this movie. Yes, there is. Two things we did before he left was I took him to Treehouse Brewing Company in Massachusetts Mm, mm -hmm. because he wanted to go there and stock up on some beer to take home. All my beer heads that listen to this, I know a lot of people write in and talking about beer and stuff like that. Treehouse Brewing Company is probably like one of the most well-known breweries in America if you're into like deep craft beer they're known for like pretty much not i'm not gonna say starting but i think making popular the new england ipa like hazy ipa movement they were like the first big guys to to do that if you go on like beer advocate or whatever you know you'll see like all their beers are rated crazy there are delicious beers they build a new brewery it's a really cool place did i tell you or did you know did you hear that tired hands opened another location in the philadelphia area but in, the good news what? is that it's like 25 minutes closer to me. No, really? Instead of like an hour, no. it's still Philly, but instead of like an hour 40 or hour 35. So it's not Ardmore, not an Ardmore PA. No, it's in Fishtown. Oh, uh, I didn't know Philly. this. No, I didn't know this. Right now it might be a beer garden while they open it up, but okay. it's an hour 15 for me as opposed to like an hour 35. Well, so like we're going to have to fucking go. It's a lot easier for me to get to. Also, my friend who lives down there who I met up and drank with about a month ago, I think, I don't know if I talked about it on here, he lives basically 10 minutes from there. So he's stoked because the other one's like 45 minutes from him 15 minutes away for tired hands like that's you know in terms of top tier east coast breweries it's one of my favorites i think tired hands i i like being at the place more than i even like being a treehouse because tired hands is a restaurant there's no like limit treehouse is still kind of uppity in the sense that like you know we went there on a saturday you could only get two pours total like all kinds of like bullshit like this right which kind of sucks there's a lot of kids and children everywhere in treehouse but i knew that um tired hands opened that like general store that you can just go in and buy beer did you go with us last time no i didn't go to the, i didn't go to the general store i we only i only went the one time and with us it, with you, me and matt. You, me, it was me you and matt and yeah. we drank we ate and you stole the hot sauce and we left Okay, cool. No, but I didn't hear them about opening up a Fishtown location. That's awesome. And that's, uh, yeah, I want to go because I'm a huge Tired Hands fan. If you're anywhere near Philadelphia, check it out. I think their food is fucking amazing. Even if you don't drink, get the food. Yeah, the food was, right? It's really good. I recommend the veggie burger with the bacon. Yeah, fish tacos for sure every time. But anyway, so you were, you were up at uh, Tire, uh, Treehouse? Yeah, yeah. And it was fun and like we got beer and stuff like that. So that was like my beer thing. And the second thing we did is we went down to Brooklyn and we saw the comedian Jamali Maddox, who some of you might know him from Vice. He was on the Vice channel. He had a show called Hate Thy Neighbor, where it was actually a really cool premise. He would go and hang out with a bunch of like known groups that hate someone i guess it's like so he would go like hang out with the kkk and like talk to these guys or white nationalists a whole bunch of the whole spectrum of like you know what i mean it's just like a bunch of different groups and he would go hang out with those guys and just like get their perspective on it and then he would like tell some jokes about them um the show's really cool and he's a comedian and we went down i laughed a lot it was good it was a good night and drove home and dom went back and that was what i've done in the past two weeks i guess very cool yeah. The only notable thing I think that I've Ooh, done, I mean, I've I done what it things, is. but I went down, I think I even teased it. No, actually, I talked to, we talked about it on a Boyfriend Material episode that we recorded. We did. On Saturday, this past Saturday, I went down to visit uh, Chris Podcasts, who was on our Tokyo Drift Lap 2 episode. He's got our Now and Again podcast yeah. on the Story Network. And then he and I drank a lot, and then we went to see Carly Rae Jepsen, and it oh. was incredible. Oh. Which stories are you going to tell? Because you told me a couple stories already, so I want to hear. I want to hear which ones you're going to tell. People who don't know her, or people who don't like follow her music, are like the Call Me Maybe Girl. Yes, the Call Me Maybe Girl. But, but she's put out two albums in the last four years, I think, or three yeah. or four years. Either 2014, 2015, or whatever, 2016, and then one this year. Side note, tangent for a second. 
So IndieWire, the film review site, has yeah. my favorite film critic, David Ehrlich. He does the year-end videos every year that I love. Yep. He tweeted this week that they are, this week, I guess we're sort of in a, a slow period before the award season picks up, they are celebrating the best films of the decade. And so IndieWire, a bunch of critics over there, voted on their favorite films of the decade. And all week long, they're doing interviews and they're doing profiles and doing all this, all this, this different stuff. This is the list you sent me, right? Yeah. Yes. The Tub Talk thread, which is a subset of our Fantasy Baseball League, but Tub Talk is a pot, another podcast here on the network where me and some friends counted down the best songs of the 80s and 90s and the best songs of today. And we just love lists. Like, we love pop culture. We love lists. We love ranking things. I love clickbait. I agree. This top 100 films list kicked off what I mean what I have honestly nerdily been looking forward to for a while like you know I love best of the year list but best of the decade list is like a whole like nuts next tier you know what I mean yeah because it's more contained you know you have to look at it in the decade it came out in Mm -hmm. you know best of all time it's you know you're like oh well I don't have any movies from the 50s or whatever 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 if you just get a decade we do this all the time when we talk about other stuff on other podcasts we're like what else came out that year you know what I mean like what what is it in the scope of of this small chunk of time as opposed to like the grand scheme of thing your brain handles it better that way and especially you know they kick off the list with like uh you know 2009 we had no idea what was going to come and now you know back in 2009 netflix when we just talked about this on a boyfriend material episode but netflix was just like a small company where you could get discs from and now it's like it's the it's the word like you know like ipod for all mp3 players like i'm gonna netflix like people use that instead of watching tv you know what i mean so in a decade like things have changed so much especially in movies that list being published kicked off our or Listomania. Like WrestleMania? Well, no, Listomania is like a, it's a song by Phoenix, which is uh, okay. uh, an indie band. Sort yeah, of, I know I Phoenix. Guess. The last time, that, like, one of the last times that Daft Punk played was a surprise showing at a Phoenix show. They just, like, showed up. Yeah, okay. did you know that fact? No. I really like Phoenix. I have actually, I have an autographed Phoenix vinyl here. Cool. We, so because I don't listen to a ton of music, I put together my top albums of the decade. Which you sent I sent this to you. Yep. Two of my top three are Carly Rae Jepsen albums. Like, I just love them unabashedly with my so entire heart. So does Chris heart. Podcast, yeah. So does Chris Podcast. So does Nico Vasillo, who is the co-host on that show, host of a couple of the shows in the network. He and his husband, Kevo, are going to be uh, guests on an entire lap coming up. Probably, I'm guessing, lap seven, I would guess. Maybe. That's a long way of getting to say that I love Carly Rae Jepsen. I love these songs. I was telling you that the music, the concert is great. Like, it's everything I wanted. Yeah. It sounds very similar to the album. Like, she doesn't have, you know, she's a singer. She's got a a band. She's got two backup singers and three or four dudes playing instruments. So there's a lot of instrumentation, but it's not like a rock band where they have, like, a live version or extended version or whatever. Like, the songs are the songs. But they're better because they're live. Which is always cool. I, you know I'm a huge proponent of live music. I talk about going yeah. to concerts all the time here. So And she played, I think, like 26, 27, 28 songs or something. Like, in like, in the 20s. And it's a lot. And they're great. How long was how long was she on for? Including like a little like two-minute or five-minute like, I'm leaving the stage before I come back for my encore. It was like just under 90 minutes. It was like 85, lot, 88 dude. minutes or something That's like a that. Solid yeah, it's, show. A good, it's a good show. And who opened for her? Was anybody of notable? Anybody that I would know? No, somebody I didn't know. And we, we got there in the middle of it okay i'm seeing carly again in a couple weeks with my sister in austin um actually while you're listening to this it'll be this upcoming weekend i will be down in austin my only sort of regret about the show is that where we were standing it was a great view we just couldn't hear the patter like we couldn't hear what she was saying so i'm gonna sort of fix that my most exciting thing about the concert itself and i'll tell the one story radiohead is my favorite band of all time yeah my favorite song of theirs they they sort of just played live for a while it's a song called true love waits it's like this devastating emotionally 
it breaks you. Sick. Cool, right? Yeah, sick. Finally, on their most recent album, they put the song on the album. I was like, cool, maybe I'll hear it. And I've seen them seven times since that album came out. They have not played it. They played it in L.A. once. They might have played it a couple other places, but you know, they put on a great show, but I want this one goddamn song. You sound like a Fish fan so bad right now. I guess. They have a bunch of songs, but it's not like they have like an overwhelming number of songs. They just don't play this one. So for Carly, they were like, I was like, there's three songs I want to hear, and I was like 80% sure I was going to hear all three, and I heard all three, and that's all that matters. Awesome. So yeah. finally, you know, I went to a, a concert of one of my favorite musicians, and they played exactly what I wanted them to play, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, that's that's the best. Happy. Hey, when you go to a concert and like they're like, "Well, you know that old album that you love? We're playing none of those songs tonight. This is all new stuff." And you're like, "God damn it!" Uh, like or Step Brothers, we only play '80s Joel. <laughs> and you're like, "No, like only '80s Joel." Sorry, that was a little wink and a nod to Jake yeah. over there. He knows. Yeah. Like Radiohead plays. Like to their credit, they play a lot of songs off all their albums. They just don't play this one, and I don't know why. Maybe they just hate you. Maybe you're like Scott Teneman. And True. they're just like, they're just like, fuck that Very kid. possible. But at the end of one of Carly's songs, this guy behind me just yells out, yes, bitch! And the whole <laughs> crowd is just, it's gay dudes and hipsters. <laughs> that sounds like a really fun crowd, by the way. Oh, no, it's awesome. And it's all like people our age, like it's not like, you know, young kids like jumping around, like being annoying. It's just like yeah. people who are there and everybody's singing. Like the biggest takeaway is that she's very popular for the one song, but a lot, I don't I feel like most people don't know her, but then you're there and you're like, oh, Literally hundreds of people know all the words to all of her songs, and yeah. she's huge and she's adored, and like it's great. But so I turn around, just like I'm just, it's just, it was so, it was so like perfectly timed and so like funny, and I was just like, who's, I want to see who said that, and like, just like this, you know, this gay dude, and he sees me turn around, he's just like, like you'd be offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> he was so into it just like shouted it out and then like immediately was like oh my god I'm so sorry that was offensive I was like no 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 no, don't worry about it like I'm that was great I'm not gonna get offended by it so yeah so that was that uh, that was a very long extracurricular activity so we're gonna cut that down a bit next up Joe is there anything else that you want to talk about or no. are we gonna we no, can I'm, move all, on? I'm all sorted we have a patreon page here in the show patreon.com slash too fast too forever it's also TooFastToForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, and Ben Milliman yeah. for supporting us over there at the shout-out levels. We talk a lot about what being a patron gets you, like the the, yeah. the bonuses, the merch, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I, I realize... Kikopa picks. We, Kikopa picks. Yeah. We've never fully articulated what you get, like oh, even a single line. I don't think so. Okay. So I made a list, and we might be forgetting, this might be forgetting things, but here we go. Swag and merchandise, like t-shirts, stickers, and more. Yeah. And the stickers are cool. Early access to episodes. Yes. Bonus episodes, eventually. We're getting there, and we already have some planned and everything, so it's not like, again, we come through with our promises. They might take mm-hmm. a little bit of time, but we do. We work it out. Access to the Fast and Furious Minute document. Which is dope. It's really fucking lit. At certain tiers, your choice of Pit Stop movies and entire Pit Stop themes. Ben got one. Voting for all Pit Stop fan-selected movies, so once per lap when we do the Pit Stops, we're going to let all patrons vote on one movie they want us to talk about, so you get voting rights for all that. Yeah, that'd be cool. And also, most importantly, our undying love and affection. That's very true. I was actually going to say that at the top. I didn't even know you had it on your list. We've got a lot of people on Facebook who follow us. We've got a bunch of people on Twitter who follow us. Patreon is this place where the people who like this show, as opposed to just the Fast and Furious, all sort of can gather. And so there's inside things like the the Cocopa pick, we could never put on Twitter or Facebook because like people would be like, what is this? We put it on there, like you said, the Cocopa picks. Yep. And it's like this like weird sort of hub for 
the people who like this show. I think it's kind of like a cool little community that we've uh, built over there. I like it. I think you do a great job of curating content for it, and I tell you this all the time. Any idea that I would have that would just be wacky, like you give real, real content over there. So I I'm, try. I try. You do so a great job shout out job to our it. patrons. I'm impressed. And even if you... Even, I mean, again, I know that, you know, people don't always have money to spend or whatever, but even if you support $1 a month over there, you'll you get, get access the to yeah. a lot of this. You know, the higher tiers get access to more stuff and everything like that, but voting rights, early access to episodes, all that sort of stuff, the Fast and Furious Minute document, all of that over there, even from $1 a month, patreon.com slash too fast too forever. And we're just going to keep adding shit to com. it. It's not like yeah. it's going to get, it's just going to keep getting more robust because we just come up with new dumb ideas and just keep mm-hmm. adding to it. So Because the other thing to keep in mind, and this is something I think we've maybe hinted at, but Joe and I are currently burning through Ryan Gosling podcasts and Shannon Tatum podcasts. Once that's all done, we're going to solely focus on this. I'm a one woman man. Right here. It's not like, well, not not now you're not. It's not like there's a lot of brain activity going towards Gosling, but all of that is going to go towards this. So there's going to be more ideas, more stuff, yep. more perks, more bonuses. Yep. Too fast, too forever.com. Okay, so mailbag. Okay, we have an email here on the show. Email address, family at cageclub.me. Email in your pictures of... Kikopa. We don't... Get Copa Picks, your rankings for the movies, if you've not done those yet, your thoughts on hamburger fast food places, your thoughts on sports gambling. Yes. What else do we have? Conversations. Oil, whether it's one syllable or two. Yeah. Thoughts on the movies, thoughts on things that actually relate to the Fast and Furious. I mean, or not. Or not. Family at cageclub.me. Joe, we've got six emails tonight. Okay, six. That's good. That's a good number. And we just did an episode. We recorded an episode a week ago, and we have six emails. That's fucking good. I told you, dude. We're getting... Okay. I'm very thankful. First email from Ben Milliman. Shout out, Ben. Hello, up, ben. ben. Thank you for writing in, Ben. And also, once again, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Yep. Subject line, Linny and YouTube. Hey, guys. I guess I missed getting this in last episode, but I got Linny to write a little bit, and I'll include that at the end. So this is kind of a two-for-one show. We got an email oh. from Ben and an email from Linny. Oh, I'm excited. We love her name. I'm still I'm still infatuated with her name. I love it. I love it. I know. It. I do too, dude. So last weekend, I was watching the Try Guys on YouTube. Have you seen this? T-R-Y-G-U-I-S, Try Guys? No, I don't know what this is. If you don't know who they are, they're four best friends who try different things. Okay. Great name for the podcast, or a great name for the show. Yeah. They used to be part of BuzzFeed. The episode I was watching, Zach, one of the hosts, was asking the other three questions about himself to see who knows him the best. Oh. The last question was about his favorite movie series, The Fast and the Furious. Oh. He asked them to guess his ranking of the movies, and they are 57631824, which is pretty normal, I think. That's a, that's a solid yeah. ranking. He says, now as a fan of this podcast, I felt they had to say something, so I commented in the video and said, quote, Zach... Do I have a podcast for you? And added the link to the show. He's doing Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You for us? Ben is out there doing the Lord's work. He's he's part of the street team. I fucking love it. That's awesome. Thank you, Ben. Speaking of YouTube, we are up to 67 subscribers on YouTube. I think a lot of them are robots. Does not matter. We just Once need to get, we get to 100, 100 yep. custom URL. So if you have not subscribed, search Too Fast Too Forever on YouTube. We can get a custom URL. Even if you don't do anything else on YouTube for us ever again, I don't care if you watch the videos there. Yeah, you fuck don't have it. to like, don't have to comment. Just subscribe and ignore. At least until we hit 100. And then I don't know how it works, but you could probably unsubscribe from that. Wouldn't that be funny if they're like, cool, you got a custom URL, and then we can drop that on 99. And they're like, hey, just kidding. Now you're <laughs> youtube.com slash C slash 6C3A1, whatever. Just like, god damn it. <laughs> 
I know, right? Now about burger talk. So we got Ben talking about burgers. Okay, let's go. I think I've only been to In-N-Out once, but I don't remember it that well, and I've never gone to Whataburger, so not okay. super helpful, but let's see what else he says. Okay. Well, on the subject of food talk, I was wondering what you guys think of nachos. I'm not talking about just cheese and chips. I mean, really good nachos. He says they're my favorite way to eat food. For a while, Ooh. which is... A bold statement. I don't think it's incorrect. It's just a bold statement, I think. No, it's like, it's a deconstructed taco. I'm about it. Mm-hmm. I like nachos. I'm he says, for a while, I was just trying out different kinds, and they even started a Facebook page and Instagram account for it. I put in a couple pictures as examples. Do you remember when somebody found out, was it, I think it might have been Selena Gomez, like, had, like, no, it wasn't Selena Gomez. Was it Lord who liked onion rings? It was one of these, like, girls had, like, a full onion ring page. I think it was Lord, And she I had this, it, like, s- right. secret onion ring page, and she would just mm-hmm. go eat onion rings everywhere, and then somebody figured out it was Lord somehow. The Instagram account Onion Rings Worldwide featured photographs of onion rings along with a location, a short description of the rings in question, and a rating from 1 to 5. Lord's clandestine account had its cover blown by New Zealand's <laughs> News Hub, who outed the singer as an onion ring ranker. That's, that's fucking crazy. So okay. Ben put in these, these three look, uh, these pictures of nachos, and these are... These are some tasty chos, man. Kind of just ate dinner, and I'm already starving for these nachos. These I'm kind of delicious. aroused. I do love nachos. The nachos that I eat most often, just because I think they're most accessible, is I don't know if it's out in Alaska... Moe's Southwest Grill. Yes. Is fast food. It's 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 essentially like a Chipotle. On Chipotle. I feel like it tastes less authentic, but I also like it more. Rachel loves it. Their nachos are delicious yeah. because their queso is delicious. So when yep. I have nachos, it's mostly that, but I think they're delicious. Did you ever get one of their burritos and you put queso in it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's fire. Anything you put the queso on, because like the other it's thing good. is like you know the nachos come with queso, and when you when they're making the thing, they're like you know beans, meat, and then they're like queso. It's like of course, like who's ordering nachos and not getting queso on there? Like yes. if you're concerned about the health of queso, don't order nachos. Order literally anything else. Yeah. Ben says, I've been thinking about some of the questions you guys ask people like fiery death or ice into a planner out and distraction song. Ooh. Says, I think I would go fire because if I knew it was coming, I might be able to pose or say something cool. Which, <laughs> love it. That is really cool. I would definitely jump a car out of a plane. So he's on my team there. He says, that seems so terrifying and awesome all at the same time. I would have to do it. Yeah, it's like bungee. Like, if you're into bungee jumping, then sure. Yeah, or skydiving. He says, the song I would sing, Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, so he's going to go full American Psycho? That's the power of love. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about that album, isn't it? Aren't they listening to Hippie Square, or is it, are they listening to that one? He does. He, he Power talks of Love's sports. in the movie, or in the book. It's in one or the other. I, I mean, like, I read the book, and I really liked it. But now they kind of blur together, because he, he talks about that album so fucking much in the book. Yes. I think it's also in Back to the Future? Maybe. Maybe. Now that you said Wes, that. Wes, fact check us. Yeah. I think that's his wife's favorite movie. We talked about that, no, right? And like... No, he it's one of his favorite movies. And his, or, no, it's right. His wife's favorite movie, and he always tells her about the plot holes in it, and yes. she gets mm-hmm. mad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mrs. Wes. Mr. Mrs. Wes. I don't really have much to say about Fast Five, except that I wish Letty was in it. Same. I've been thinking about Cypher and how she could fit into everything better. What if she somehow was related to Jesse and blames Dom for his death? Jesse could have been the only fam- family member she liked and even helped him learn how to use computers or something. So now she oh, wants revenge shit. on Dom. Maybe she was, like, in hacker jail. Like, her first, like, she, she was in, like, juvie, okay? And, you know, because she, like, hacked something early on. And so he doesn't talk about her because she's, like, the lost sister, right? Because she's in mm-hmm. juvie. And when she comes back, her brother's dead. 
dead because of Brian and Dom. Wow. I also thought if that was the case, you could bring Leon back, but have him working with her because he also blames Dom for Jesse and Vince dying. Leon could talk about how Dom's family keeps either getting hurt, like Letty losing her memory, or mm. dying like Han, Giselle, and Elena. I think it would be a cool way to bring Leon back and a way to make Jesse relevant again. Well, Jesse's dead, though. No, but you know, but just make him relevant. He's still again. relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we do, yeah, I'm dying to get Leon back. I wish he would come back. He says, that's it for my part of the email. I'm putting Lenny's in after this. So here's Lenny's email. Okay. This is actually like a bonus email. Oh, okay, hold on. So I, I, I forgot at the very, very bottom of this. So in our pictures here. So the top picture, the top nacho picture, Joe, that's a taco nacho. Okay? Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like taco nachos. The m- middle one. I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Chicken parm. Yep. And can you guess the top or the bottom one? You I'm can gonna... tell what it is, but it's it's kind of the, it's the most difficult to name of the three. I would go like either like Big Mac or like a Southwest. Mm. I can't tell with the yellow sauce. I don't know. This is cheese. I can't really tell. It's cheese. The yellow sauce is a cheese. I don't know. What is it? It's a chicken cordon bleu. Oh. Which would probably be delicious. Inter- very interesting. Have some chicken there. Have some ham chunks. Have some cheese. Mm. Yeah, I can't mm. see the... Mm. I, now I can see the ham pieces. Yeah. As for me with nachos, I usually just forget that they exist, not because, like, I don't love them, just because, like, I always get distracted by, like, burritos, or if they have it, my favorite is chimichangas, any type, like, enchiladas, like, anything smothered in a sauce, wrapped in a tortilla. But at home, we make nachos. We go on nacho benders, Mm -hmm. where we spend, like, you know, a couple weeks where we'll just, like, have, like, a bag of chips and stuff like that, throw them in the convection oven, put whatever we want on top of them, pickled jalapenos, all this kind of stuff. Huge fan. Love it. I do want to say a friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, also a patron of ours over at patreon.com slash too fast too forever. Uh, her boyfriend, Casey, I still don't know exactly why this happens. He calls them nurchos, N-E-R-C-H-O-S. I think he just thinks it's funny. Whenever we go out and we go to a place that offers nachos, he orders nurchos. He's got a social experiment going on where he tries to see if the waiter or the waitress ever calls responds. him out. Yes. Usually, no. They just like, okay. Yeah. He's I don't like, know why you're weird, weird but yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'll just bring you nachos. Yes, but Melissa, if you, uh, I know that Melissa listens to every episode, but now, you know, there's a whole chunk here now. So, Melissa, if you want to show this to Casey, you can play this for Casey. We got nacho talk. I mean, we're bringing everybody in. Yeah. It's a family, it's a family affair. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> okay, so here's Lenny's email from the bottom of men, uh, Ben's okay. email, okay? Hey, guys. When I was first introduced to the Fast and Furious movies, I hated them. Why? Because the very first scene, and she says, and the only scene, because I immediately walked out after, was the rat scene. And then she puts in little stars, cringe. Oh, fast, too fast, too furious. Mm-hmm. She says, I have a very real fear of rodents. And I decided that if that was what those movies were about, then I wanted nothing to do with them. Boy, was she wrong. <laughs> the only scene, and she goes into this, I, I think, Good. but like the only scene, literally the only scene in any of the eight movies where there's like even something I think resembling a rodent. Or a bug or anything. Like if you were yep. creeped out by like crawl, there's not even animals. They're, the one iguana. We've talked about this with like the animals thing. There's like never dogs, cats, like, like nothing in these movies. It's yeah. just people and cars. The Cats trailer just came out, and I heard a good thing that uh, I think it was on Whistle thinking they were talking about it, but uh, another show on the network here. Yeah. Cats is a world where it's just a story about cats. Yes. But it's in the world of people, but there's no people in the world of cats. Like, where are the people? <laughs> like, the world is made for people. Like, there's people beds, and there's people-sized <laughs> things, but it's all just cats who are people-sized. So, like, where are the people? Like, it's a story about cats. Like, they're just sort of, you know, acting yeah. as cats, but, like, there's no people. Like, where are the people? I don't know, man. I don't know. It wasn't until I met Ben that I actually watched the movies from start to finish. She says, minus that scene, I refuse. 
And they can fast forward through that part of the movie every time. Totally fine. You're not missing anything. It's a quick scene. It doesn't really play. I mean, like, once you get the gist of it, like, what happened, not a big deal. She says, after I realized that there was more of these movies, I gotta say, I don't mind them. Pretty lukewarm endorsement, but I also, you know, I appreciate it. pretty much the best response you can get from from your significant other that's female when you love these movies. No, I I don't think that's true. I mean, we got Cassie who loves these movies. You know, we had uh, Brandy who wrote in who loves these movies. True. Rachel's coming around. She's, She's, like... On board now. She wasn't at the beginning. She'll watch them. Every well, she time. didn't realize six years ago that she married into a Fast and Furious family. You know what I mean? Like to the True. to the extent that this would take over your life. Exactly. To be honest, they aren't my favorite movies, but they are good for a laugh every now and then since they're so cheesy. Speaking of nachos, but then loves them, <laughs> so I'll watch them with him. I can kind of tell when he's going to want to watch them all again because his driving will change slightly, which I love, even though he won't admit it. Also, he'll reference the movie more than he already does. I feel like I understand about 90% of the references he makes, but since it's not my thing, I just roll my eyes and laugh a little. Yep. References don't bother me much, though, because you can tell he loves it. I mean, if there's anything that he could love like that's pretty harmless, it's these movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. Trust me, there's a lot of worse things that I love that Rachel doesn't know about. Just look at your Twitter page. <laughs> True. Even though I haven't heard much of your podcast, the ones he's played snippets of for me, I enjoyed, and they make me laugh. Thank you, Lenny. Uh, I, I'm sure it was me. Listen to this one too. I'm sure it was me making you laugh, not Joey. But just just remember that I edit you <laughs> to sound funny because in person you're, you're like you're not that funny or charming. It's just that through the magic of editing, you become. Funny. You can't edit my handsomeness. Yeah, nobody knows what you look like. Exactly. Just imagine like a really beautiful, like just Paul Walker. Okay, yeah. imagine that. That's what I look like. Yes. I mean, close. Um, I no, I mean, not really, <laughs> not even a little bit, but that's fine. So thank you, Ben and uh, Lenny, for writing in. I think Ben wrote another email later. We will get to that later. Cool. But now, next up. That was a great up, email. I like the tag team email situation going on. That was a really nice dynamic. Oh, yeah, no, me too. Absolutely. Next email up from a former first-time emailer, former guest of the podcast, Christian Larson. Ooh. Okay. Subject line, three things. Three things. Hello, Joes. Long time, first time. Long time listener, first time <laughs> yes. caller. Just a few things I want to bring up after hearing some stuff Joe, too, had to say during the intro of your latest cast. Okay. So this is him, you know, again, people love you more than me, but we will see. As a connoisseur of trash TV, do you ever watch the shows of the Bachelor franchise? I was watching a lot of Temptation Island, which I loved. Top tier. It's probably the best of these shows that I've seen so far. So Rachel was like, if you love this, you should watch The Bachelor. I was watching like a recent season of The Bachelor. I am so jaded and like numb now. From how much chaos there was on Temptation Island, I can't get into The Bachelor. But, as you heard last time, Love Island, which is kind of similar, just more people. I've been watching that, and I've been getting into it. I feel like eventually I'll get to The Bachelor, and like I'll like run out of these shows to watch, and I'll get to The Bachelor. I know a lot of my friends love it. No, I'm not a Bachelor guy right now. So what is Temptation Island all That was the one with couples. No, because The Bachelor is like, you have one guy or girl, 20 of the opposite sex coming there and they try to pick one that they're going to marry. Temptation mm-hmm. Island was couples and then a bunch of people from the opposite sex in the same house and just trying to ruin the relationship they already had, which is cool. much more enjoyable to me than somebody trying to find a relationship. Love Island is it's a bunch of people all single trying to find a match on the island that they like 
but then they throw in a bunch of chaos. There's more dynamics because you can like steal a boyfriend in Love Island. You can steal a girlfriend. They like bring in new people and then like somebody gets voted out kind of. It's like all that kind of shit. Gotcha. Yeah. So Larson goes on. I love the old Flavor Flav Brett Michaels VH1 celebrity oh, shows. Yeah. Flavor of Love and, and what was it? Rock of Love or something? Yeah. Flavor of Love. Yeah. Uh, but The Bachelor is the OG and as such is able to maintain a weird sort of credibility. Yes. It's ridiculous and awful of course but there's so much more to talk about and delve into with the relationships and characters. It's like the hour-long cable prestige drama of trash TV, and I highly recommend it to you or anyone else, mostly because it's always good to have other people to talk about it with. See also Melrose Place. Oh, which he and his shit. wife love Melrose Place. Yeah, but it's over. That's sad that it's over, though. For a while, it was the OC, and now it's Melrose Place. Like, the I think OC just, is great. I love the OC. He just I'm encourages people to uh, watch those and, you know, indoctrinate them into the cult. Exactly. Larson says, number two, I was, and still am, I guess, an unrepentant ska fan and loved Real Big Fish back in the day. I remember playing GTA London 1969 and hearing a lot of ska from the 60s featured on the in-game radio station. It was really great stuff and sent me down a rabbit hole I think you'd appreciate. He says, some old-school Caribbean British music is also featured as an interstitial music in the Paddington films. So close to my heart. I love those movies. It may be slightly more Calypso than Ska, but it keeps the theme of infectious happiness. Check it out. As usual, it's great music that only made it to the suburbs once weird white kids started playing it. (laughs) Yeah. That's the cool part about Ska is that it's like old band nerds that like started like punk bands but weren't punk, right? Like, you know, like you don't have like any struggles. You're like just singing happy, a lot happier music than like punk bands like Bring Down the Man. You're like, well, or we could just dance. So Or like the man hasn't kept us down. So like, you know, let's just have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. And we have these trumpets that we don't know what to do with since band. Number three, having been online since the early 90s, I've gotten to watch all the different ways social media has fucked with our heads in awful, awful ways over the years. Truth. There's so many things about the online experience that lead to unrestrained negativity, but often the biggest influence is when people are unhappy to begin with. I know that the periods where I've been the most negative online have coincided with the most depressed and isolated times in my life, usually staring at a computer screen at a dead-end job. True. It's so much easier to lash out at the world when you're in that frame of mind. Sure, this could mean exponentially more people are feeling depressed and isolated all the time. I like to look at the silver lining and say it means that the hosts and listeners of the Cage Club Podcast Network are happy, well-adjusted people who are beating the odds. Congratulations. That's really cool. That's a good way to look at it. That's a very good silver lining. I like that. We read the emails. We see the messages. Like, you guys are a pretty good group. You know, unless someone hate listens, which by all means, please write in family at cageclub.me. Please send hate mail. That's what I always dream of. who has the time to set aside two and a half hours every two weeks or whatever, you know, two hours a week or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can't be that stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. Maybe we're like a little reprieve. Who knows? I don't know. that? Tell us. Right in. Family and Cage Family Club. Family Club about me. He says, love the show and can't wait to continue on this endless journey with you guys via Condios, Christian Larson. Via Condios, Mr. Larson. All right, next email. First of two from Nick Burris. Thank you, Larson, for writing in. Nick time. Hey, guys. What's up, Nick? You two mentioned the owner of some of the cars. I was watching an early Jay Leno's garage. He had a tuner theme okay. for Los Angeles. Okay. The Suki's car was owned and drove around town. So if you want to check out an early Jay Leno's garage. I forget. We have in the document. If you have access to the Fast and Furious Minute, you would know the name of the woman that owned Suki's car. But it was owned by a woman. Very cool. Since I do listen to Lifespan, and I love Joe Two's female voice. It cracks me up. (laughs) Well, thank you. He says, plus oil is one syllable. So, no. Yes. He says, his honors English teacher slash brother-in-law verified, which I get. I get it, but also, English is wrong. English, for the record, is a terrible language. Yeah, you heard Joey go through the whole fucking GIF-GIF thing where he 
even though the founders say it's I'm not even gonna get started again. Never mind, just skip that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can leave it in, but just like fuck, I don't want to talk about this anymore. He says, when I first saw Fast Five, I was disappointed that they didn't race for any of the cars, but it was all right later as a story. But don't they kind of race for the for the Porsche? That, but that you don't see the race. That's the part that we Correct. talk about, right? You have the race, but you don't see the race. They do. Correct. Okay. They just roll back okay. to the garage. He says, yeah. still could have had one race. He says, yeah. also noticed that there were new chargers for the time when they sold the police cars, but then two were converted to the safe pulling cars. They were the style of new chargers. So he's saying, like, you know, because the, the cop cars are the chargers that they steal, right? But then the yeah. cars that they are pulling, they're using to pull through the safe, those are the new the new charger. Okay. Uh, so I guess there's two kinds of charger at play in Fast Five. Okay. I also like the banter from Kyle and Brian. They're so funny, dude. They're funny dudes, and, and you can tell that they've been doing this with each other for a long time. So yeah. it's very easy to spot. I mean, like, you can hear them. They're really funny. So then, Joe, Nick includes... So this is something we've never had before. Uh, Nick includes his answers for the quiz. So now, we sort of have an executive decision, and I think we're not... We're, so Nick, as you're listening to this, we're going to email back. You probably will have already received the email from me. We will let you know what character you are. kind of want to keep some cards up our sleeve, sort of. Yeah. It's fun to sort of experience it live on air. I love that you did this. You know, oh, you're no. the first person yeah. to do this. That's, that's super exciting. So I will email you what character you are. Just in case somebody gets like a surprise character or something. Exactly. And hopefully one day everybody gets a chance to come on and you fucking do it live. Nick says, and now on my list now on how I like the cars in them. He says he's still working on the main list. But here's how he mm. likes the cars in each eight movie. So this is a cool ranking that we have not considered yet. Ranking by cars in the film. Correct. Down. Number eight is Tokyo Drift. Ooh, so he's not a tuner guy. Not a tuner guy. Number two, or number seven, I mean, Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay, a little bit more tunery, yeah. Number six is the first one, The Fast and the Furious. Okay. Number five is Fast Five. Okay, okay, there's some cool Porsches Chargers. and stuff in there. Yeah, Chargers. Number four is Fast and Furious 4. Okay. Number three is Fate of the Furious. Fate had some cool cars, yeah. Number two is Furious 7. I think that, like, for me, like, that might be top tier of cars. There's so many different options, but go ahead. And number one, the movie we're talking about tonight, Fast and Furious 6. This and 7, for me, have some of the best cars. Like, they've gotten to a point at this stage where they just, like, have access to everything. You know what I mean? Right, like, and they also the... did the, you know, the auction is in this one, too, right? So, like, the, all the cars that uh, yeah. Tej buys. I was thinking that when we were watching it, that this is, like, the first time we get, like, a whole fleet of classic cars, right? Like, we've gotten, like, some, some muscle cars, but we don't get, like, a full spread of classic cars until this one, like, where yep. everybody's driving yep. a classic car. Anyways, keep doing what you do. I'll keep listening, Nick. Well, Nick, thank you for writing in. Thanks for listening. Thank you for the ranking. It's a very cool ranking, Joe. You might have to do yours maybe next lap. Think about it as you watch the movies. Oh, sort of... Yeah, I'll do it. I like that. I really like that one. I'm, I may have to steal that from Nick. Nick sent in another picture, or a picture here. Hang on, let cool. me save this. I'll send it to you. Nick oh, says, sick. speaking of police chargers, my son got this for his B-Day on the 29th of June. So it's a, uh, like oh, a his Power Wheels. Oh, birthday's the 29th of June? June yep. birthday as well, as you know. Hello, my fellow June birthday. This is a super cool, this is kind of like a car that Hobbs would drive, I think. And there's, uh, you know, we got it, Hobbs and we got a yeah. little sort of bald Dom in the, in the passenger seat. Yeah, that's really cool. That seems like a cool place to drive this around, too. He seems like he has, like, a lot of space, like, kind of in a park or something. Yep. I would definitely do some donuts in that grass. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, for writing in. Thank Next you, email, Joe, yes. once again, from... Ben Milliman. Okay. Ben's second email. Yes. Do we get any Linny on this one or no? I don't think so. Hobbs and Shaw is the subject line. Okay. So they figured I'd start this email by answering a question, are you a Hobbs or a Shaw? I would definitely be a Shaw. I love his cars and style. He always seems 
so put together. He does. He's, he's crispy. I was wondering how you guys would feel if at the end of Hobbs and Shaw, Shaw did something to screw over Hobbs. Maybe he could steal something or something along those lines to Gil-turn? keep him a bad guy, or has it gone too far for him to ever play that again? I know he's not a good guy in the normal movie way, but who in the series really is? Yeah, this is all gray line area. Even if Shaw did steal something from Hobbs, at this point in the relationship, knowing that he already helped the family and saved little Dom. It would be kind of tongue-in-cheek. They couldn't have him full heel turn. Like, he would need to, like, do the, like, Roman, there's still money in his pants type situation, right? Get what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, we not hungry no more. Like, he lifts up his shirt. He still has some of the money. I think that that's the maximum place they could go. If they did do, like, a full time that he, like, fucks Hobbs over, you know, something really bad happened, it could change the whole trajectory of the rest of the movies. I can't see them doing that. If they do, I'll be really surprised, and we will come back on and tell you that you fucking nailed it because so here's, I don't here's see what that I'm, coming. Here's what I'm thinking. So this movie is Hobbs and Shaw, right? Like, yes. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're together, but it's like, you know, the one and the two, but it's also yeah. them. From what it seems like, it's them against Idris. Yes. But if, if he does heel turn, I could very clearly see a sequel where it's Hobbs and Shaw 2, Hobbs versus Shaw. You know what I mean? Agreed, yeah. Although, we've also kind of already had Hobbs versus Shaw, right? Like that's that's what Fate is, and that's, that's kind what, of what Fury yeah. 7 is. Seven and that's is also Hobbs. what this is, is the other Shaw, right? So, I can see it happening. I would not like it, I think, just because... The only person we've seen go from good to bad, like we've seen people go bad to good, hashtag justice for Han. The only person we've ever seen go good to bad is Dom in 8, and it didn't work. Like, I'm not opposed to And even to fake it. Ronda Rousey in this one, right? But she wasn't, like, a main character. I feel like now that Jason Statham is good, seeing him go back to bad would feel cheap, and we don't have, like, a history of that working. Like, the Gina Carano thing in this, in Fast and Furious 6, works because we didn't she know was what was coming. Like, that's a yeah. twist that works, you know what I mean? Yep, I agree. Okay. If they did it, I agree with you that it would change everything and I would want them to do it well and sort of make sure how it plans out. It would make future. nine really weird. Even with Ho- even with Hobbs not in it, it would make nine really weird. It would have this like weird undertow that I don't think they could... I think that they have to be buddies now and I think that they have to stick together. Do you think they're going to reference Hobbs and Shaw in Fast 9? I think so. I think we're going to get at least a name drop. Like they're oh. going to call them. We're going to get like either a phone call from The Rock. or It's going to be like the, the ride at Universal where they're going to be like, hey, you're on the phone. Tej, who's on the line? Oh, it's Hobbs. Exactly. Ben says, when I started writing this email, I kept erasing and rewriting Shaw because it didn't look like it was spelled correctly. So I started Googling Hobbs and Shaw, and I found out there's a town called Hobbs in New Mexico. So he sends in two pictures, so I'm going to put these pictures here. When I looked a little into it, I found out that on Wikipedia, some cities have mottos. He says the motto for Hobbs is, quote, it all happens here. I think somehow that seems fitting for our Hobbs as well. I can't wait to see this movie. It does seem very fitting, and and I'm I'm also stoked to go see this movie. Yeah, Hobbs, New Mexico. Maybe we need to go do a nacho challenge in Hobbs, New Mexico. <laughs> I think that'd be fitting. I wonder how far from like a major town Hobbs is. Let's see here. Hobbs, New Mexico. It's right by a casino, hotel, and racetrack, so we could stay there. Sick. Down. Oh, okay. So it's like on the border of New Mexico and Texas. It's not near anything. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, we would probably have to get to, like, Odessa or Midland or Lubbock, Texas, and then take a bunch of back roads to get there. Yeah. We'd probably have to fly into Austin or into Dallas. Probably probably fly into Dallas, head west on what highway is this? On 20 for a while, and then just sort of go, like, northwest into the middle. Actually, it's yep. probably near the, uh, the, the White Sand Dunes. It's near oh. Carlsbad. Actually, this is, like, a beautiful, like, I mean, the whole southwest, I love that, like, visually. Same, yeah. But this is, like near some great national park. So, like, Nachos and Hobbs, take pictures for that sign that he sent. down. And then also go to the uh, some national parks out there. So, yeah, family field trip. Uh, Hobbs, New Mexico. 
I'm down. Last email from Mr. Wes Hampton. Fast Five Forever. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Excellent episode as usual. It's always fun to hear new takes on Fast Five, and Brian and Kyle have a great back and forth that made it especially fun to listen to. They're, they're two of my favorites. I purposely waited until the bonus episode dropped to send this in, so I can include that as well. However, I didn't count on it being more or less a full episode, so this email is a little longer than I thought it would be. Here are my new episodes, plural, observations. Okay. My first thought when I think of Fast Five is always the cliff jump stunt at the very beginning. It's not the craziest thing they do in the movie, but such an iconic and, at least the first time, shocking end to the train scene that has really stuck with me. Yeah. Plus something about their slow motion drift up out of the car just looks so cool. And that's also in the opening credits. It, it might be, but in the opening credits of Six, which is kind of like the summation of the series, yeah, they kind you of especially have you know them driving into the water, like you know Dom jumping in the necklace sort of hovering, right? Yeah. I've seen the behind the scenes on how it was made, and it's obviously green screen and wire work, but to me it looks so damn real, I was stunned when I first saw it. It's probably still my favorite stunt from the entire series. I was watching this one, and I had the same thought about the tank, Letty, midair type thing, and I was like, holy shit. Like, Rachel, Rachel said holy shit while we were watching, and I was like, yeah, I think that this one might be my favorite stunt, but... Yeah, that one's great, too. They're, I mean, it's hard to argue which is your favorite stunt in Fast and the Furious movies, because they have some really classic ones. I don't know if I have a favorite stunt. I don't, because I, I, it's tough. I, it changes for me, but when I was watching this one today, I saw, you know, Dom jump, tank, Letty, midair, catches her, saves her, yep. sacrifices himself, like... It's everything I ever wanted. Wes says this last weekend, so you'll be happy to hear I got White Castle before we left. So shout Ooh. out White Castle again. There White Castle, go. sponsor us, please. I'll eat a bunch of those little burgers. We actually didn't get a chance to eat it during our visit, so on the way out of town, Mrs. Wes and I made an executive decision to hit up one for 7 a.m. breakfast of sliders and fries. It was wonderful. They're good. They're, they hit the spot at the right time. It's not something that like I crave a lot, but when I have them, I'm always happy with it. That uh, 7 a.m. is a uh, an early call time, I think, for White Castle, but... Depends on what you get, man. He said sliders and fries. He got the real deal. Exactly. Speaking of burgers, as usual, I actually looked up Smitty's on Joe 3's recommendation. Unfortunately, there are not any in Austin now, if there ever were. Ironically, last weekend, we drove to St. Louis on the way up through Oklahoma. I wish I had known, but maybe next time. Damn, if he would have been listening while he was driving. In reply to Justin, we have Culver's in Austin. Ooh. But I can't Ooh. remember the last time I've been to one. I'll have to revisit their burger. On the topic of tacos, I'm not as passionate about those. There's a Torchy's three miles from our house. So we usually just go there. We have a few oh, fuzzies here, yeah. but I've never been. I'll have to check them out and report back. Yeah, I was asking my sister about fuzzies, and she she, she liked it. She has, she hasn't been there a lot, but she likes them. Okay, cool. Her place is tor- she, she loves torchies. Like torchies is her jam. I love torchies too, dude. I'm a big fan. But I've never had fuzzies, so. Joe mentioned how curious he is about the gathering of the Juggalos. Well, I was at the first one in 2000. Oh, shit. That's incredible. OG gathering. Uh, I went with my best friend. We were 15 or 16 at the time, and his mom took us. But you just hung out at the hotel the whole time, so we were totally on our own. Just to clarify, though, this is a much different thing the first years than it is now. I'm sure, yeah. The first gathering was basically just a two-day fan convention at the Novi Convention Center in Novi, Michigan. It was so much fun and pretty crazy, but nothing like they do it now. I think I sent this to one of you on Twitter, but I used to write a blog just for fun. And a few years ago, I posted a lengthy write-up about my time as a juggalo because I had so many friends that were curious. There's some stuff specifically about the gathering, if you're interested, Turtle a Day, Day 50. So Wes included this thing. So it's turtleaday.blogspot, August 2011, if you want to find that. Turtleaday.blogspot.com. Day 50, the Ninja Turtles 
are down with the clown. This is really funny because I just sent Wes a juggalo meme today, and it's funny that we're recording now. It's all, you know, it all happens when it's supposed to happen, man. It does, man. He says, Brother Wes has been mentioned before, but I wouldn't expect you to remember. He's a load master on C-17s with the Air Force. Oh. I had to call him to explain Mrs. Wes's sister that dropping cars out of a plane, I remember this now, is totally possible and maybe the least ridiculous thing that happened in Furious 7. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we remember our listeners. We remember the people who write in. We do. I think we need to remember our extended network, the people you may know, because we've got a lot of experts out there, you know, like this military guy. I call Mrs. West when I need baking tips all the time. Like, True. I mean, as much as I can, because she's our resident baking expert. We have resident historian Mike Manzi. We have resident baking experts. We have all kinds of fun people. Wells knows all about sports betting. This next paragraph is basically for you. Speaking of trash reality TV, while we were in St. Louis, we had a little window into the making of reality TV. We were in town for a cake and cookie competition. Mrs. West, the, the wonderful baker you just mentioned about that. Yeah. And there was a crew there for the Food Network filming a special, uh, special specifically about the 3D cookie competition. He says cookies constructed into freestanding objects as opposed to just flat decorated cookies. That's cool. I didn't even know that this is a thing. I mean, like, it makes sense, like, maybe gingerbread houses kind of situation. It's like I could see it, but I've never, like looked at it or thought about it he says we knew this was going to be happening but when my wife signed up they presented it as a documentary so we assumed it would just be about the competition and the people involved in actuality it was handled much more like a reality show with producers feeding contestants lines and even completely fabricating storylines oh that sucks and also this reminds me of like intervention you know i watch intervention all the time and it's like how do they think that everybody wants to do a documentary about them doing drugs and like they don't realize that they're just gonna get intervened this one i would believe you know what i mean because it's like oh we're gonna talk about 3d cookies and i hate knowing they feed them lines in reality tv shows but i know that they do he says they also just made things kind of irritating for everyone that attended the competition not just the people but they were uh, not just the people they were following my understanding is that pretty much everyone involved was not happy with how things were handled. I'll let you know when it airs. Should be later this year, I think. Maybe I'll we'll do a bonus episode on that. Yeah, I'll watch. I'll definitely watch. I hope that we catch Wes and Mrs. Wes in the background. Yeah, I wonder if they had to sign waivers, like if they know that they're going to possibly be on TV. I just sort of assumed that from that story that she competed. It kind of seems like she competed, but he also said like... So they knew it was happening because, from what I'm getting from the email, he's implying that she knew about it and it was going to be a documentary. So I'm guessing that they knew that there was a chance they could be in it. But I didn't think that she competed. If she did, that's even cooler. Maybe she competed in the contest, but maybe not in the documentary. I don't know. That's what I mean. I think maybe she was in like the cookie part, but not the 3D cookie part or something like that. That's gotcha. what I'm kind of getting from. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Don't feel bad about not finding that in the Limelight article online. I searched for probably two days. Oh, and a totally different <laughs> version of that email written when I decided to do one more quick search and specifically did a Google image search. That's how I found it. I saw some pictures I recognized, and it linked to the article. No combination of the words in the title or Fast and Furious brought it up in regular search. Yeah, you killed the game, dude. Doing the Lord's work, exactly what we needed. Thank you, Brother Wes. Actually, thank you, Mr. Wes. Brother, Brother Wes. Brother Wes, brother. (laughs) What's the equivalent of Mr. Mrs. Wes? It's Brother Wes, brother? Yeah, baby. Or Brother, Brother Wes. I recently learned something interesting about Owen Shaw from another podcast. You would undoubtedly... Figure this out in 10 years when you get to Fast and Furious 6, but when they're describing him, they say he's former SAS, part of the mobility troop, while according to Wikipedia, are, quote, specialists in using vehicles and experts in desert warfare. Okay. They're also trained in an advanced level of motor mechanics to field repair any vehicle breakdown. Ah. For a very specific reason, his crew is also a car-based crew. He's like a Navy SEAL mechanic. Yeah. Desert Storm mechanic. 
I went back and watched the previous minutes, and that Eugene Levy-looking guy sitting outside the market, or is sitting outside the market when Brian walks in. There's also another guy leaning on the wall on the opposite side of the door, uh, the what? door that is never shown again. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like if we're missing things in the minutes, we got to start over. Like you know, <laughs> Just... this is supposed to be the definitive. Everything and God, how are we fucking up so early? <laughs> like I just, you know, I watched it on mute tonight. I watched it with sound. I was just, like trying to get everything. I watch it like five or six times every minute, like five or six times. Speaking of the market, it's literally just right down the street from the Toretto house. So why not rent them both out for the party and turn it into a block party? That's like the most dumb thing we could do. I don't think that LA would let us do that at all. If we're big enough, why don't we just fucking send it? Patreon.com slash Too Fast Too Forever. We could shoot a fake documentary, make it a reality TV show. We'll we'll come up with all these storylines. Yeah, <laughs> like Food feed, Network. Feed, feed people lines. Yeah, 3D cookie competition, <laughs> of course. You know exactly. that you know when we when we do this, that Mrs. West has to cater it, right? At least the desserts. At least the cookies. I feel like all desserts you could probably handle, and we will pay you, Mrs. West. Don't worry. When we get there in, tw- what, 1327. Uh, 1327, so in less yeah. than eight years. Not Less than eight away. years. When we get there, get those ovens warm. Turn them, start preheating them. So no, I don't. I do not like the, uh, the how this next sen- uh, paragraph starts. This might start another big debate, which I oh, feel God. like Wes is just you know cranking up the heat on the burner and just seeing what happens. Preheating the oven. Who was the comedian? Pablo Francisco, I think. His first comedy special was great. It's all the impressions. He's an impression master. He had a thing where he was talking about Jerry Springer, I think. Here, here's a knife. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Like, this is Wes. You know, here's a knife. Do something with the knife. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, Wes is just like, Jerry Springer, like, oh, here, here. Here's the, here's the thing to debate. You know, just just go at it. Just claw at each other. Exactly. This might start another big debate, but in reference to your bet on guessing the runtime of Hobbs and Shaw, I just want to say Price is Right rules are bullshit. Closer guess should never be invalidated by going too high. I argue Mrs. West on this all the time. I get it on the show because there are all kinds of legalities around giving away money and prizes so they don't want to have ties. But in reality, if an item costs $300, someone guesses $301, someone else guesses $1, person that guessed one is not more accurate. That being said, Joey was within a minute of the actual runtime. I think he earned that beer. Thank you. No, you're saying me. No, me. I I said said it was two hours and 15 minutes. And you said you'll take the under. Okay, so look, there's part of the strategy to argue the reciprocal of this. Part of the strategy is to know the exact runtime so you can take the other side of it. You know what I mean? So, like, if you know it's $300 and then you bet a dollar, that means you, you're you so good you knew that it was $300 or you just bid too high. If you're good enough to know the price, why would you not get the price exactly because you, you win bonus stuff? Yeah, I guess. But it's usually it's like $302.99. And I've seen people do that before and get it right on Prices Right, actually. Because our thing that we did last episode, I said, I think it's 2 hours and 15 minutes, and I said, we I'll said, take the over. said set it at 250 and you said take the over. And then and you said, said, if I take the under, would you get the, the thing too? And I was like, all right, fine. And then I, but I was a minute off on my original guess. I said, do I get 215 and under? I set the bar. What I'm saying, again, argument. Thank you, Wes, for this. I set the over under at 215. Like he's saying that my baseline was basically right. That like my Vegas line was right. The person who sets the line doesn't win any money in Vegas. But the person who sets the line also doesn't have to buy other people beer. Well, the house pays. And so that's what happens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't just twist these metaphors however you get a beer. <laughs> I mean, like, he's setting it for the house. And if he loses, then the house pays. Also, by fired. the way, Larson, who wrote in before, who's guessed it before, wants to meet up in the parking lot, have our hoods open on our cars, listen to reggae music, and drink beers in the parking lot ahead of Hobbs and Shaw. So we might I'm have to do that. 
so down. I'm so down. <laughs> that would be so much. Can you imagine how weird we would look with like our cars? Yeah. It would be perfect. I love Wonderful. it. Wonderful. Lastly, I'll leave you with my expectations for Hobbs and Shaw, which is simply that I don't really have any. Oh. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not even really thinking of it like a Fast and Furious movie. So like you guys... I hope that whatever connection they include is pretty small. This is more like Solo of the Fast and Furious universe in regards to Star Wars. Yeah. Regardless of what you thought of Solo, it was in the Star Wars universe, but had no real effect on the main entries, and you can easily skip it if you want. I have more expectations for Fast 9, because as much as I love The Rock and Jason Statham, I think they needed to thin the characters out a bit, which is what you were saying all last episode, so they can focus more on telling an interesting and engaging story. I'm also not really worried about it being unwatchable, because The Rock has a solid track record of at least being charming and very watchable, and Jason Statham has made a million mediocre movies, so they all (laughs) at least have some great fight scenes. Yeah, that's what I think. I think The Rock's going to carry it no matter what. Like, even, like, people hated Jumanji. I loved Jumanji. I thought he was great in it. So I'm not worried about the movie either. I think it'll be fun and enjoyable. There's just things we would like more from it. Than, mm-hmm. than, like, less, you know? Wes says, Satham was the one that brought me back into the family, so I'll always be ready for another Jason Statham movie. I've seen most of his filmography at this point, and the only movie I can think of that was truly terrible was In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, which, yes, that is a garbage movie. Who boy. Even the forgettable ones had moments that made them worth watching, so that's all I'm really hoping for. Anything else is just a bonus. That's it for this week. Don't ever worry about pushing back a car picture I've sent in. I'm glad more people are sending stuff in. It gives you guys more variety, and I don't have to come up with a new one every other week. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Stay furious, Wes. Thanks for writing in. Thank you for writing in. If you want to write in, family at cageclub.me. Shout out to Ben and Nick and Larson and Wes for writing in today. And Lenny. And Lenny. Don't forget Lenny. And Lenny. We will have a bonus episode actually this Friday, this Thursday night, this Friday. It's our Hobbs and Shaw immediate reaction but there's going to be basically nothing. Like, treat it essentially. Imagine it's going to be sort of like you are my lifespan. It's like the one thing in and out, maybe half an hour, that's it. Like, it's a, it's a real true bonus as opposed to a full episode bonus. And then, you know, after that, we'll have the Fury 7 episode. So there's not going to be like a full a full mini. There will be a mini mini, but family at cageclub.me. And that's all the emails. Whew. What a mailbag. Okay, so, oh, we have to check our reviews. I've not checked the reviews since last time. I imagine there's no more, but if you go on iTunes and you search for Too Fast, Too Forever, and you leave 14, us a five-star 14, rating, 14. you think? You're guessing? Just wishing it into existence. Too Fast, Too Forever, 13 still. Damn. All five stars still, but 13 reviews. If you want to leave us a review, we will read it on air. Uh, a rating and no review, that's fine too, but Too Fast, Too Forever, let people know. Yeah. All right, Joe, on the streets... I got, got a new at one. least one news story. What what do you got for us to talk about? Um, it's an article. I already posted on the Facebook. People are liking it over there. I posted it tonight. Um, our friend Matt sent it to me. We know that last week was Vin Diesel's birthday. We posted some pictures of that. Vin Diesel received a sixteen hundred and fifty horsepower. 1970 Dodge Charger on the set of Fast and Furious 9. It's like videos and pictures of this. It's fucking cool. Check it out. He's like doing donuts in it. He's he's like loving it. So Justin Lin presented it, but it doesn't really doesn't really say who got it for him. Maybe like the whole cast. I think it was the whole cast. I think that you know because they it would make we, sense. We posted on 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 Facebook about his birthday and like you know he and Michelle Rodriguez born a couple weeks apart. Like it's a a big month for birthdays and everything like that. But yep. I think maybe producers, maybe it's the cast, maybe it's everybody on set. He's kind of the Godfather, as it were. So exactly, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. And I mean, like if this car costs less than a million dollars and these movies are making billions of dollars, they're like, yeah, we'll 
kick Vin this car for his birthday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think The Rock put any money in towards it? I mean, he's not on set. Yeah, but you don't think they called him like, hey, you want to toss a couple bucks this way? I don't know. Maybe. Jason Statham? Do you think he threw a couple dollars at it? Well, I think that if they approached one, they would approach both. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I also think it probably was just like one dude maybe who bought a car. You know what I mean? You think? I don't know. No, I think it had to be like the crew like kicked, it, kicked the money together. I mean, they all signed the card, but... You know. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's a very cool car. He deserves it. The other big news, I mean, obviously, just this is the week that Hobbs and Shaw comes out, so all the news is about that. As far as when we're recording this, there are no reviews out. I kind of want to avoid reviews. We're going to make our own, dude. You know, as we're recording this tomorrow night, I'm going to see the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Reviews are out for that, and uh, they are glowing. I'm going next Tuesday, so as this comes out, I'll be seeing it in theaters. Cool. Yeah, I will see it tomorrow at 7.30-ish. I looked at Google News for Dwayne Johnson President. Uh, no new news. He is not running for president. We are now in the primary mm. season, not running for president. However, Damn. he does say he does. He sees a future in which the DC Universe has a black Superman one day. That'd be really cool. I'm yeah. about it. All right, Joe. New lap observations. What is your big takeaway from this watch of Fast and Furious 6? Three things. One thing I think I talked about before, which is that the spikers in this one... I think I mentioned that, right? The Dutch car. I think I mentioned that before. Maybe. So maybe it's a new lap observation that I already observed new last time. I really thought that the blonde member of Shaw's crew... Does she remind you of the Sad Queen? She does, but I thought she was going to be Vanessa Kirby, and I thought that it was going to be his sister. And it was a really bad plot, but they kill this... I mean, they kind of kill this girl. Rachel and I were talking about it because I said, oh, is that the sister? Like, is this Vanessa Kirby? But and I was like, but no, there was like news of Vanessa Kirby was going to be in the new one. But like, wouldn't it have made sense that like the blonde girl in Shaw's crew yes. like later yes. turns out to be the sister yes. and they could have carried this through line yep. and she like falls out of the back of the plane in this one, right? But she doesn't get shot in the chest with the harpoon like fake Ronda Rousey and Rachel made the point like, doesn't Owen Shaw survived the fall out of the back because we see him later. I was like, yes. Why couldn't they have just been like, oh, she fell out too, repurpose her back into the movies, but they don't. She has a different name. She's not a sister. And she, you know, supposedly dies. So. I think that also sort of goes into your whole, like, uh, not quite flying by the seat of their pants, but they're just reacting in real time. And, you know, if yes. they had known, because they, in this movie, they obviously set up the Jason oh. Statham character, but they don't know that he's going to become this whole thing, yeah. and that they're not going to have a whole movie about his character, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's a whole domino effect. The thing on that note, something that I don't know, I don't remember if they they go back to it in 8 or not, but when she says, Elena, at the end of this movie, says, this is my family, if you watch her, she points in between the badge and her stomach, which is kind of a hint that she's pregnant. Ooh, wow, okay, okay. Yeah, did you ever notice that? No. So I rewound it and put it again, and she kind of just points to her stomach, okay. and the badge happens to be, like, right under her chest. Interesting. So they might have known at that point it would be in the movie, but for them not to put it in seven is kind of weird, right? But she goes, no, this is my family, and points at her stomach, which is now... Is in seven? I don't think so. I think she's just an eight. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, it's a very weird dynamic. So when you're watching it this time, or go back and watch it, this is my family, and points to her stomach, and then leaves Dom. She kisses him on the mouth, and leaves. So this time, this is not my new lap observation, but just reminding me what you just said. I want to see like a buddy cop movie, like a spinoff. You know, the Shaw's men show up to the house, and Mia basically tells Elena, like, this is all cutting back and forth, and Elena takes Jack and runs off, right? And Mia gets captured, and gets brought to 
England or wherever. I want to see like a 30 minute short where it's just Elena and the baby and they're like buddy cops. It's and like the the baby's a cop too. Yeah. Like look who's talking yeah. now or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I'm down. If we had all the money in the world, this is the kind of shit that I would fund. You know, I'm just about that. Because, you know, thinking about turbocharged prelude and Los Bandoleros and yeah. deleted scenes and stuff like that and, like, the expanding world, I want to see... Because, you know, we get the Jason Statham buddy cop stuff with the baby, essentially, when he's, like, you know, listening to the chipmunks, Elena yeah. and the baby. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool. My new lab observation... So here's... here's I don't know if it's really quite a hot take. And I, ask, I also... Actually, let me... I might want to save this for Rachel. Let me see if there's another thing that I can have. Hold on. Dom and Letty race, and then, you know, they finish, and then Letty says, you know, she waves her fingers, like, come over, let's pull over, or whatever. And then Dom he does a whole... He memory back her. into her. Yeah. yeah. He explains the scars to her. Didn't get me today, but I think that... This movie's not made me cry, but that scene is going to be the one that makes me cry. Well, it's a touching scene, you know? Yeah. Like, I was I was the... No, like, did you save me? No, I was the guy trying to impress mm-hmm. you. Because it's always the happiness, it's the love, it's the family, it's the camaraderie, and, you know, the same thing in Five when I cried before in Five. At the beginning, or the, one of the, f- the few times I cried, Dom's basically like, you know, I'm not, le- I'm not losing you again, you're my family. Like, it's that moment, it's like that kind of sentiment. That scene where it's just him and Letty, like the core, you know, you ask uh, Cassie, the core of what this is, right? Like, their yeah. relationship. And it's just him being there with this woman he loves, but who doesn't remember him, can't tell someone that they love you. Now you have to race it back into them. Cool. Okay, so Joe, before we do the Fast and Furious Minutes, we have to do the Chain Gang, the necklace watch, okay. the necklace all over this movie. I know. So we talked about it, and I think that this is probably where, where I came, or where we came up with the idea for a walk down memory chain, because it's so prominent in this movie. This is where it like really takes a specific place, right? Yeah. Like, it's this one that, like, solidifies that the necklace is, like, a real thing. Well, it's prominent until it's not. That Like, there's a point in this movie where it just yeah. goes away. Do you know what happens, right? Cause yeah. we So in the intro, we get all the necklace shots... And they kind of retell the story kind of through the eyes of the necklace in this one. The intro is great for this. So I think that the intro was kind of like a summation, a summation of the series. Yes, uh, true. But even before the intro, where we have uh, Dom and Brian racing to the birth of baby Jack, right? Yeah. Dom's got it around his neck. And then, yeah, you're right. Like, there's like four or five or six scenes in that opening credits that where necklace the, the necklace is very prominent. And then Dom has the necklace through, like, the whole first 35 minutes of this movie, like you were saying, right? Every scene he's in, it's around his neck. And, like, he's wearing a you know, a, a tank top or he's wearing a shirt, and it's always visible. And yeah. then there's one scene maybe where it's not visible, but you can see the chain that's clearly under the shirt. Exactly. And then we get to the scene that you were just talking about. This is the first transfer we see here. He gives it to Letty after they race, and she kind of leaves with it, right? Do you you know the quote he says when he hands it over? No, what does he say? It belongs to you. Oh, but she bought it for him. Okay, whatever. It belongs to Dom. (laughs) Letty bought it for him. That's why he goes and gets it back, but sure. But then, in the next scene, where we see her, she's, you know, working on a car, palming it, fingering it, you know, like playing with it in her hands, and then she hands it over to Owen Shaw. Yes, and then Owen Shaw takes it and says, like, if you had to kill Dom, would you? She's like, yeah, whatever. And then he tosses it on his bench. Yep. Okay. I don't remember seeing it again. Is it gone from the movie then? We tracked it, and I didn't see it between then. Until post credit scene. Where Jason Statham, after he spin- or flips over Han's car, calls Dom, tosses a necklace, car explodes. Which we're going to see at the beginning of Seven. Yes. Owen in the hospital with yeah. the necklace. Statham takes it, leads into the end of this movie. Yes, that's what it is. So that's in between these two parts of the scene. Correct. Okay, so that's how he gets it, because we were like, I couldn't remember if that scene happened before or after, but it makes sense that it's like during it. So this makes perfect sense that he gets it from him there, 
and that's what happened. So we knew the brothers had to transfer it at some point. Yep. So that's our timeline. Because chronologically, we talked about this, you know, people talk about this a lot because they're like, oh, I can't believe Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift is after blah, blah, blah. For the most part, the movies are in order. Tokyo Drift is between six and seven, but like the beginning of seven, like there's probably like a couple scenes in the beginning of seven that would actually be before the end of this movie. Yes. So it's like one, two, four, five, six, a little bit of seven, end of six, three, yes. rest of seven, eight. Yep, I'm with that. Again, it's not confusing, but it's confusing. Yeah, we pieced it together, though. We got it now. Oh, also, I want to point out that there was a, uh, I think I was, I don't remember what I was Googling, but I found this woman on Yahoo who tracked the necklace through every movie, and I was like, oh, well, she did our job. And I reached out to her on Twitter, and she's going to be on the show at some point. Um, she also wrote about watching the movies for the first time. It's awesome, and I want I want to revisit it and and talk to her before or after we do the driving school lap. Um, her name is Gwyn Watkins, G W Y N N E. Gwyn Watkins. I would love to talk to her. I think you know she said she would do it. It's just a matter of you know finding an open episode after the Carol lap, and we'll yep. go from there. I love it. All right, Joe. Uh, the last thing is to do the Fast and the Furious minute. Mm. This is a good minute. I don't. So before we play the audio. I don't have a name for this minute. Do you have a name you want to call this minute? What did you put in that sandwich? Maybe. I was thinking you embarrass me. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's one of my favorite Dom lines in the whole first movie. Relax. Just, don't push it. You embarrass me. Just you embarrass me. I like that. All right. I'm down. What'd you put in that sandwich? That's really funny. Dom! Hey man, use in my face. I'm in your face. Relax! Don't push it! You embarrass me! Get over there! Jesse, give me the water. Brian Earl Spilmer. Sounds like a serial killer name. Is that what you are? No, man. Don't come around here again. Hey man, you know this is bullshit. You work for Harry, right? Yeah, just... So the big takeaway here is this is our first minute. There's a, there's a, there's a few firsts here, but this is the first minute that ends mid-line of dialogue, right? It sort of feels yeah. like after so many that are like, whether or not they're, as, they're, they're the best version of a minute, you know, this is one where it's like, it feels unsatisfying to be doing it this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not a contained minute, but it's a great one. We get Dom's first line of dialogue in the entire franchise. Yep. We learn Brian's name. We, know, we don't know it's his fake name yet, but we learn his name. We know it's yes. Brian. We see a close-up on Brian's fake ID, which we'll get to in a little bit. The only other big notable moment that I have in here... So this is in the minute, as you just heard, Dom goes outside to break up the fight between Brian and Vince, and then Dom tells Brian not to come around anymore. And he says, like, you're fired from Harry's or something. We don't even know that yet. He just says, you work for Harry, right? And Brian just says, yeah, I just... And then it stops. Okay, yep. yeah. Because we're going to start the next minute with basically, like, well, you don't anymore. Yeah. You know, we talked a lot about in the last minute or two about, like, the layout, the geography of the marketing cafe, mm-hmm. there's like a whole like coffee bar set up in the front. Yeah, that's where behind the planters, the planters, yep. it's a, it's not a coffee bar in like a sense of coffee bars now. It's like a coffee station like yes. where you would go and you could make a cup, add some sugar, add some creamer, that like kind a of hotel stuff. lobby coffee bar. Exactly. You sit down. There's the, the main counter where Mia works. There's the, the market to the left. Behind is Dom's thing. I think to the right, it just sort of seems like. That's just where they have, like, what are they called? The urns? The coffee urns? Yes. And you have the cups that's and the, the, right the creams and sugars and everything like that. And that's where Mr. Planter is keeping watch. 
Exactly. The only clothing of note here is that we see Dom in his... You know, we didn't know from the... We never saw him from the front, I don't think, or not too much, but yeah. it was a formerly a, a button-down shirt that he ripped the sleeves off. It's just like a plain, dark gray. Not yeah. a lot of new clothing there. I think the only music Muted. in this is... Benny Cassettes, watch your back. It is. It's the, it's the second half of the song. The big thing is that we see inside Brian's wallet. And I'm excited about this. Um, did you mention all the onions or garlic hanging in? No. I think it's onions, but I noticed that too. But I think it's like those fake onions. <laughs> like, I think it's like plastic onions. Like, those aren't ones that they're like selling. They look like they're like just a decoration kind of. Maybe it's going for the aesthetic of like, you know, an Italian That's what I'm thinking. market, right? Yeah, like you see this in like kind of like chintzy Italian restaurants. You get like, you know, fake onions or like grape hanging from the sides. It's like kind of like that. Okay, so then we see Brian's fake ID. Arizona ID. Yep. It has a Grand Canyon. It's just a hologram that just says Grand Canyon on it. Brian Earl Spilner, 1835 Northeast View Drive. I'm not sure. Did you look this up? I didn't look this address up. I'm going to see if it's a real place. Let's call them. So there is an East East View Drive. There is a North East View Place. And there's a North East View Avenue. Uh, okay, so almost... Are they the same place? One is a different place. Two are basically, it's like a residential neighborhood. Makes sense. He's not an organ donor. Which is disrespectful. Yeah, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of questionable things about this movie. Maybe they weren't so big on organ donors back then. His license number is B0005819. But it's kind of hard to read, so it's hard to make out. Because it's sort of at the top of the, where the, the clear thing is, so it's sort of like, it's kind of under and whatever. Yeah. I also don't know if that's enough numbers, but that's as best as we can uh, identify. You pointed out that his license is expired because this movie came out after his license expires. So I guess they could have shot it before then, but his license expires July 4th, 2000, and this Which, movie comes they out thought of this, April right? 2001. Like, yeah, like, wouldn't they have just, like, made it, like, 2002 or something, right? I don't know. Maybe. Class D license, blue eyes, blonde hair, a male... 6'2". Which I wrote down, yeah, okay, but then apparently, according to Google, Paul Walker is 6'2". That would make sense. 195, wait, that's good. He was born on the 4th of July. Just like Tom Cruise, except he was not. He was born on the 3rd of July, actually. Yes. And then also, in Brian's wallet, aside from his ID, we have his social security card that's carrying around. I don't know why. That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. And then what we think is a First Trust Bank or First Bank credit card or card or something, we see a First B. Yeah, because it's first B, so yep. I'm guessing it's first bank. Um, we didn't. I didn't really notice anything with the cars this time around. They're all in the background. Even the upholstery shop, I was trying to make out something better, but the focus is so on the faces of the characters, and the shot is moving that you can't read anything else. It's just a blur. So. Yeah, I paused so many times trying to get Same. that upholstery shop, and it didn't work. No, it just doesn't work. I don't want to say this is a bad minute, but I think compared to the other minutes we've had lately, I think this is definitely a lesser minute. Even though we get a lot of fighting and we get some good Dom lines, I agree. It seems like, you know, that Vince has the upper hand, and then basically by the time that Dom gets out there, Brian the one on top of him, you know, hockey guy on the ice, right, just like beating his face in. The saddest moment of this is that after Dom breaks up the fight, you know, Vince comes back at him, Dom says, stop it, you embarrass me. Leon says, you know, get over there, get over here, whatever. And it's like this bag of chips just like flies into the air, spilling all <laughs> of his food. I was like, oh, RIP those chips. Damn. RIP those chips. Damn, damn, damn. And that's it. So if, if we missed anything, Wes or anybody, email family at cageclub.me. Let us know. That was minute nine, so from eight minutes to nine minutes. And yep. if you're a Patreon member, you can get access to the whole document with all of our notes with an imager link of Brian's ID over at TooFast2Forever.com. Joe, let's take a break. I'm going to drive up to your house, 
and we are going to record with Rachel about Fast and Furious 6. Are you ready? I'm ready. Get Woo. in the car. It's a quick drive. Awesome. Welcome back to Fast and Forever, episode, I think, number 42. 41. 41, I was close. This episode is brought to you by Lexco Cable Company. Anything you could need in custom wire rope or bungee cord assembly, Lexco can fabricate it. Aircraft cable, wire rope, push-pull controls, fiber rope, and bungee assemblies that they can fabricate also include a huge list found on LexcoCable.com. Thank you, Lexco. This is, so we, we teased in the opening segment, but we are now here together in person recording First time we've ever done that. at your house Yeah, with our very special guest. You've heard her, have you heard her on the podcast? Maybe yelling from at From the me. background? Maybe. I know you have been on, obviously, Zack Attack, and also yelling at us, in the, not, not yelling at us, yelling to us in the background of Zack Attacks. I don't know if you've done that yet on Too Fast, Too Forever, but you know of her as Joe's lovely wife. We have Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for joining us for Fast and Furious 6. We have put it on. We are watching the movie once again, as we normally do. We tease you a little bit, because we're like, you, you listen, but you don't listen. So you, I'm going to say, you know how the show works. So I we've do. Got some, we've got some questions for you. Now, I think... Normally, it's just me. Well, she hears a lot of one-sided... Yes, I do. Podcast. She hears my just mm-hmm. my audio, so like it'll be like me laughing or me telling a joke, but like not no context to it. So a lot of the time, I can figure out what you're talking about. That's, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Especially since the back half, Joe basically just interviews the guest, so this might just be you two. I might just sit here and just you know take in the marriage. But <laughs> some of these answers, this is also an interesting thing because like I think you're the first guest that we've had where you've already answered some of these things like via email or just like Joe talking about what you said. So. We're going to just pretend like you haven't answered any of these questions. So first question, when did you first see Fast and Furious? Well, actually, first off, you've seen all eight movies, right? Oh, yeah, multiple times now. <laughs> just yeah, <checking>. surprising. <laughs> uh, when's the first time you saw this movie, Fast and Furious 6? Uh, I don't know. Joe showed it to me. I had originally only seen one and three, I think, and then... And then I did my take on it, I think, and I was like, Rachel, you got to watch five. Mm-hmm. And if you like five, then we'll watch six. And she's like, I want to watch them in order. I was like, yeah, you we, can't we did watch. Them in order. Okay. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then, yeah, we watched them in order. So, I don't know. It was probably like at least a year but ago. But you watched this at home. You didn't watch this like in a the theater. Correct. Okay. No. How many of them have you seen in theaters? Uh, Any of them? Seven. Just seven. And From Rachel got behind drunk. my eyelids. <laughs> and got we drunk are and slept in the theater. And yeah. we are going. We're four days away from seeing a second one in theaters together. So, whew. yeah, very excited. Cool. Now, you sent in early, early, early in the podcast. You sent in your rankings mm-hmm. for these movies. I'm not going to let you know what they are. Okay. You are the only person who has a tie in your rankings. Though. You <laughs> said I can't pick between two of them. Okay. So what are your rankings, either best to worst or worst to best? I'm um, excited to hear these. I don't know what they are. All right. Best to worst. Yep. This one and seven. I think six and seven might be tied for best. Okay. That's still the same. It's still okay. the tie. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so six and seven are probably a tie for best. Yep. Five is really good too. I remember really enjoying five. Okay. I like eight more than you guys do. That's for sure. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. Oh, it's in the middle fine. somewhere. Okay. I, I can't really. So that'll be fine. four. We're just going yep. down the line. Yep. Um, let's so see. The first four, you saw the rank. Four is going to be last. Okay. Just because that's the one that goes in one ear and out the other for yep. me. Yep. Tokyo Drift is awesome. Okay. Love it. And then, so we got, and so then probably, so three, two, one, four would be the one end. One is so, very low. So the only thing like that changed. I don't like as much as you guys do. So you have six of the eight the same. The only thing that changed is that you swapped Tokyo Drift and Fast Five. 
You had Tokyo Drift third, and that dropped down to fifth. You had Fast Five fifth, and it went up to third. So everything else is the same. Okay. Those two, whoop, flip-flopped. Okay. Wow. Cool. That's a cool. hot take with cool. one at the bottom like that. It's, also, I mean, the hotter the take same. is having eight that high at four. That's true, yeah. Hey, I just, I, I don't mind it no as much judges as you guys here. do. We're no judging judges. free zone. It's, like, everybody has their own list. It's just like, oh, hot take. So now we're going to do your either-or questions. Okay. Oh, this is going to be a fun round. And this is the first time I get to interject and say if I disagree. Because mm-hmm. normally we have a guest, maybe like you know them, Brian and Kyle on. Yep, yep. So like normally, you know, how we do this is like, you know, you're going to give your answer, but I can call bullshit on it <laughs> if it's not true because... I, mean, so not, I don't know if you're going to remember this, Joe, but since we last did an episode, I tallied all the votes in terms of Ooh. what people are. So like either or, those are going to be a Patreon exclusive. I haven't, I haven't posted Ooh, Okay. But if you, you have wanna, bar graphs, pie charts, I'm going to make bar uh, probably, probably pie charts. I think pie, pie charts. charts I think pie charts is the way to go. Yeah. So Rachel, are you more of a Brian or a Dom? I'm more of a Brian. Joe, what do you think? Because I think you're the Brian. You get two Brians here. I get forced into being a Dom at home because yeah. Rachel can't make any fucking decisions. <laughs> what do you he want? want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just in the home, I have to take charge and yeah. do shit. I think you're more Dom in everyday life than you think you are. Just not cool enough, man. That's Maybe. okay. Just never be cool. Enough. Rachel, you're more of a Mia or a Letty? Mia. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm not badass enough to be a Letty. See? Same reasoning for me not being a dog. Are you more of a Roman or a Tej? Ooh. While we're watching this, it's Roman bitches is about to come on screen. I don't know. I think that I'm an, a nice, healthy mix of both. I can't really I would say you're myself. a Tej. That's, if I had to pick, I think I would lean more towards Rachel Tej. Rachel can find a stranger's Instagram in three seconds. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's a very She's valuable like, trait in, the, in modern I, day I can life. take a name and like a last initial, and I got them. Cool. Yep. We watch it. Like, you know, I was mentioning Love Island. Love Island wasn't even out yet, and, I, you know, we were getting hyped for it because uh, my buddy was here, and he was hyped for it. We were, like, talking, and we're like, oh, one of the girls is from New Haven. And, like, Rachel's like, oh, really? And then, like, three seconds later, she was like, here she is on Instagram. I'm like, you didn't even know yeah. how, <laughs> what the fuck? And she just had her Instagram up already. I was like, god damn, that's really her. Okay. First you find yep. her Facebook, then you find the Instagram. I don't know this woman voodoo that you do. <laughs> True. Just be glad I'm not using it on you. Uh, what are yet. you finding? <laughs> yeah. Or anymore. Rachel, our yeah. newest question. This is not the last question, but our newest question. You're more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? Uh... Brian and Dom and Mia and Letty are very clear distinctions, right? But then yeah. Roman and Tej kind of blur, and then Hobbs and Shaw kind of blur. I feel like those blur. blur as well. There is a difference. Can I put this answer on hold until after Thursday? Sure. No. Well, okay. Give us a, give I us got, a pre- I got Rachel's answer. A pre-movie answer? What's, her, what's Rachel's answer? She's more of a Hobbs. Because she's clumsy, oh, and I he's, am. like, more breaky. Like, Shaw's more calculated and planned. Also, after Rachel broke her foot, she did flex out of the foot cast, just like, ah, free. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, this is actually, I don't, know, I don't know the answer to this question. Are you more of an American muscle girl or imports? Ooh, Because Joe is in the wild minority here on imports. But I was going to say maybe imports. Oof. I had no influence on that. Just yeah. let everybody know. I didn't influence it. Corona or Belgian ale? Corona. I think the real answer would be Prosecco, but... Well, yes, but that's not an option. <laughs> Just teasing. All right, Rachel, we are pulling a job. Are you a racer? Are you out on the streets? Or are you a designer? Are you like Tej back in HQ? Are you the man in the chair? Ooh. Joe would probably disagree, but I would say designer. Nope. I would firmly say you're the man <laughs> in the chair. You could execute the plan. You wouldn't come up with the plan, but you'd be really good at like orchestra. Well, once it. there's a, a mild outline, I would be good at filling exactly. in stuff. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The three of us just stole $30 million. You have $10 oh, million dollars to your name. You're going to Macau. You go to the roulette table. You're putting it You're all in black. Going to Sun. 
Going on Mohegan's <laughs> Sun. Putting it all on black or putting it all on red? Black. Now, in this movie, the end of this movie, they're trying to get into the plane, driving the cars into the plane. Right. There's also getting into the plane like later in later movies. In Furious 7, they jump out of the plane onto the island. Are yeah. you more likely to jump your car into a plane or out of a plane? You're either, safe, either you're one. safe either way. Either I, one. I have no I have no preference. Oof. I'm not okay. Whoa. like hot take. I would think it's like skydiving in a car. Yeah. yeah. But I'm down to go skydiving. I know you never will. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's Rachel's preference would be driving her car into potholes. Be her would be <laughs> into that a plane, was a, out of a plane into, into a pothole. pothole. Yeah. That yeah, let's be. go with the third option. Rachel, is oil, the word oil, 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 <laughs> one syllable or two syllables? Am I, am I sensing a, a, uh, There's a tab- an argument a between you two? Ta- well, this is actually, uh, on, on a list of arguments, this is not actually on the, on the top one, because like I have been vindicated by this podcast that I am right. There's no wrong answer, even though Nick Burris did email in his honors, his brother-in-law who's an honors English teacher said, I am wrong, but oil, one syllable or two? I think that it's two, but I don't always enunciate it that stretched out. Oil. No, ew. Oil. <laughs> Oil. Oil. So yeah, I guess I do say two very clearly. Perfect. Oil. Would Oil. you rather die in a fiery explosion or drowning in icy water? And why? Um, okay, well, theoretically, I would so much rather be cold than hot. Yep. But theoretically, dying in the explosion would be instantaneous mm-hmm. and drowning would not be. Fiery explosion. Hopefully, if it's instantaneous, then fire explosion. Okay. Just, just from experience, I think... If Rachel was in icy waters, the water would warm over because she's 5,000 degrees I, all the I time. I do run very hot. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Okay. Now, while we're pulling this job, you get pulled from being the man in the chair into the room. You have to sing a karaoke distraction song to distract who we're robbing. What song are you singing? Oh. You don't know this question. No, I don't. I'm not really one to do karaoke. But you, you have, have to. One distraction well, yeah. song to save our lives. To save your life. Oh, God. I might just go really cliche and do Bohemian Rhapsody. That's two answers in a row. We got a queen. Because Kyle last time said, good old-fashioned lover boy. And now here, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, like there's like well, really it's, no it's, wrong choice. It's also the longest song ever. So True. it's a very long distraction. You should just do Freebird then. I don't know all the words to Freebird. <laughs> Final either or-ish question. Do you have a favorite character in these movies? Any it kind of changes. Yeah. It depends on the movie. Like a lot of the time, I really love Roman. He's yeah, he's probably my favorite like overall. So you love double alphas. Which is why, <laughs> which is why you're married to Joe. Knight. And the Dark Knight. Because exactly. Joe is a double alpha. I am a double alpha. Yeah, I think I think overall he's probably my favorite. Cool. Well, we will come back to this sort of game-ish thing at the end and get your official character in our quiz. You took the quiz, you were the after Joe and I took the quiz, no, actually, you took the quiz before Joe. Yes, Rachel finished you were like, it out. I want to do it. And Joe was like, fine, let her do it. And <laughs> so I took it, and then Story you took it, life. and then Joe took it. So we'll come back and see if you get the same person. But let's kick things off the discussion about Fast and Furious 6. When you think of this movie, since we're taking a walk down memory chain, going back in our yeah. minds, in our memories, thinking about these movies, when you think of Fast and Furious 6, Joe's like, all right, we've got to watch Fast and Furious 6 tonight for the podcast. What's the first thing you think of? The tank. Ooh. Okay. This this is the one with the tank. This is the one that's with the tank. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah, that's 
I remember that too. Because Joe, I think your answer has got to be World's Longest Runway. Because every, every time, oh, you know what? That might be like the first thing that comes to no, mind. No, you said tank. You said yeah. No, because you can't. Yeah, you can't That's change. True. That's true. Literally, the first thing you said is the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, so yeah. Tank. yeah. There's so no second, wrong answer. Second would yeah. be World's Longest Runway. Yeah, because every time we're discussing this movie, like in the podcast, every time we say Fast and Six, he goes World's Longest Runway. Just like that's just blurts it out. Now there's eight of them. Yep. You need one phrase to yeah, differentiate you need them one. all. <laughs> thing to know which one it is to put like a time stamp on which one it is so i don't mix them up so like you know i have like some some verbal cues mental cues for myself to be like six world's longest run like okay i know which one this is yep i'm trying to think of because i knew your answer would be that and i didn't know what rachel's would be i think the tank is pretty good honestly this might be the one and i i, I, I think i forgot it the first time when we rewatched it because i was so engrossed in making sure that i took all the notes but i think the most memorable thing to me about this movie when I saw it the first time in theaters was literally standing up. I've told the story before. Literally standing up when Jason Statham comes on screen. I was like, oh my god. So it might be that. Like Han's death might be like the the, the end scene. Well, it was like the result, like the, the cause, the whatever, but also bringing in a guy who I had loved. You know? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you're talking about how like you, you just love Jason Statham so much. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Like when you finally saw him, you're like, oh shit, like he's in this now. Yeah, maybe like the overwhelming joy of seeing Jason Statham, even though he kills Han. Which I think, who was it? Was it Wes who said he brought back, Statham brought him back? I think so, right? Like Statham brought him back to the franchise. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. And I think that when you add Jason Statham to this, they're outwardly committing that these are now action movies, right? Like we knew like at five and six, they're becoming action movies. At the end of six, when they add Statham, if you had given up, at three and four, yeah. and we're still lost. Yep. When they add Statham back, you're like, oh, these have to be action movies now, because Jason Statham's not going to come in and play, like, a detective. You know what I mean? Like, he's Although good I at- would like to see him as a British detective. How good would that be? <laughs> that would be really Just him with, like, I'd an accent it. and a monocle and, like, a little, <laughs> like, like, a Kangol cap, but, like, a plaid Kangol cap. <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Full Sherlock. You know, so by the time Seven rolls around, people were like, oh, shit, this is just an action movie. Yep. So here's my hot take. So here... For both of us, Joe, our top two are probably, and I think for most people, the top two are Fast Five in this movie, right? These are the yeah. two where, like... As of now, one, we didn't see Hobbs and Shaw yet. True. One has nostalgia, three is great. You know, there's other movies that are great, but I feel like for a lot of people, one in, or five and six are the two favorites. And together, too, like as a tandem. Yes. I think that that I agree. chunk is great. The way that I'm going to kick off this discussion, I think, is that I think I like this movie more because... I think five is better, but I think okay. I like this one more... Because it feels sort of like a celebration of the first five movies. Like the intro credits, like I was watching this time. Yes. Recapping the series and yep. sort of like, because five brings everybody together. And this is like, well, now that the team is together, we're going bigger. And yeah. I feel like five is a better, more like a tighter movie with like less, I mean, they, they drag us safe through the streets of Rio. It's not like it's normal and grounded. But yeah. I think that this is more of like a celebration of the franchise and the characters and the plots and everything. I think this is the first movie where they do like previously on The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. They kind of do some, like, intro through lines for some of them, but it's never, like, this complete. And I don't know if that's just because we're at six. You know, you always know my theory that Justin Lin is is taking audience. See, I had to make sure I got it right. (laughs) I, like, looked at Joey. Justin Lin is taking audience criticism, and, like, six is where they just give us everything we want. They had, like, listened, we got through four, five, like, three, four, five, and by six, he's like, this is what they want, I'm going to give them everything that they want in one movie. It seems like this one might be bigger, badder, better. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Higher, faster, further, baby. Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seven is remembered for being the one where Paul dies, right? Where he dies in real life, and they had to sort of alter the ending and have him sail off into the sunset, essentially. Yeah. I think it was Wes, or somebody, or we've talked about in the podcast before, emailed in... 
and said that without that, Seven might be sort of a, a forgettable movie. But I also do kind of wonder if he hadn't died, like, could Seven have been this sort of like another mission for the team, or is it like, or was it time to change? I mean, obviously not the way that we wanted to change, because like this is like such a huge combination. Because if Seven was the entire team together, like, would it have been even bigger and better, or would it have been, like, a smaller thing after the the grand scale of this? There's two sides to that. Everybody says that Vin is always trying to make them bigger and better mm-hmm. in the Fast and the Furious, uh, like, sorry, in the Dungeons and Dragons theme. Yep. Like, everything's a bigger accomplishment. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting faster, mm-hmm. stronger. But in the other sense, I think that, like, you need to let these breathe. Like, when you get so big as six, you need to, like, come back a little bit in seven no matter what like you can't yep. you have to breathe in one of these if they're gonna make 10 they can't just all get crazier and crazier like you have you're to come lose, back and set it up you're gonna lose members of the team every episode uh, every movie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we think they should trim it down anyways so i'm ready to kill off some guys i don't want to kill off people i just want to sort of spin them off into their own thing okay you just want to split them I don't want these people to die. I mean, I can They're kill family. off a couple of them. <laughs> Which one? Who do you want to kill off? Oh, God damn it! I backed myself into that corner. <laughs> like, you didn't see that question coming. I, I can kill off a few of these people. I didn't. I think we could actually kill Letty at this point. Well, you can't kill her twice. <sighs> like, we could, like, good kill her this time. Sorry, I don't know. Sorry, Cassie. And Roman, I, I've said this before, Roman and Tej can go. One of them has to die in the next one to, like, make it, like, heavy, right? That's what opens up the door for Natalie Emanuel, for Ramsey to, like, be the consoling shoulder to cry on. And Timothy Chalamet to enter the... You really just what? want him in these movies. I do, because why? it Because it doesn't fit at all. Yeah. That's, that's why I want to see Timothy why Chalamet I in the movies. That's I don't understand. I want to see him go swimming right now in a car. Yeah. So that, Rachel, this is essentially your opportunity, both for this movie, for the franchise as a whole. What do you want to talk about? This is, the floor is yours. Oh, that's a Fast and Furious 6, one. this is maybe, it's one of the longest, it's the longest one so far, about as long as Furious 7, about as long as Hobbs and Shaw, a little bit shorter, I think, than the extended cut of Fate of the Furious, but this is one of the longer movies in the franchise so far. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to get off your chest? What do you want to discuss we've never about actually, this movie or the franchise? Yeah, we've never actually talked to you about the movies here. You know, like, I bring in some of your ideas and stuff like that when I'm talking about it, but yep. we've never actually talked to you about this. Well, just on, like, a random note, yep. I'm not sure if I noticed this the first time that I watched it, simply because of timing, because since we've seen it for the first time, we have seen all of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I noticed in this go-around, there are so many comic book references in this movie. Yeah. There's so many. There's a ton, yeah. Is this the one with Samoan... Samoan Thor. Samoan, There's, Samoan Thor. So, Roman says, who do we work for now? The Hulk. Yep. Yeah. There's Samoan Thor. Yep. Yep. I was looking up stuff about Luke Evans, because I was like, oh, he's Gaston in the new Beauty and the Beast. How interesting. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he also happened to be in another movie... Uh, he played someone whose mistress inspired Wonder Woman. Ooh, so that's just oh. like another random little comic like it, it was like a biopic about yeah. the guy that invented Wonder Woman or something. Was yeah. it Professor, Professor Marston and the uh, Wonder Woman? Shoot, what was it? So while you looked that up, I also do want to say, I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of this movie, I think we talked about this once, Hobbs calls someone, maybe calls Dom, and his phone shows up as Captain America. Well, he, someone calls him Captain America. Yeah. And then he's... Uh, Simone Thor in the caller ID. Oh, yeah. Simone Thor in the caller ID. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yep, yeah, which is a very good, cool, weird, sexy movie. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought cool, it was interesting weird, that sexy. that he. Uh, I mean, because I don't know if you know, Woman like how life. how kinky Wonder Woman, like it, like no, the, the last, one, like all of, like yeah, okay. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. 
Wonder okay. Women. Women. Wonder, Wonder Women. Yes. Because it's like it's a polyamorous relationship. It's just like a dude and two women. Like that's a very simplification of the story. But I forgot that he was in Which it. Which one yeah. was Wonder Woman? Wouldn't you be feel, feel pretty slighted if you were like the side chick that wasn't Wonder Woman? Or is she he kind was, of like both of them? They were. He was married to this woman, and they were both professors. He kind of fell in love with the student, and okay. then they just sort of like I think I think the student dresses up as Wonder Woman at one point. But like it's just about freedom. Yeah. It's just about like, freedom. Just like George Michael. <laughs> yeah. Freedom ninety. <laughs> I think we talked. We, we, we for sure talked about the Hobbes references, but I don't think we talked about the Professor Marston reference. I like that. That's good. And we mentioned earlier that Elsa Pataki is Mrs. Yep, Thor. Mrs. Thor, which yes. is another little. And Gal Gadot fun. becomes Wonder Woman. So, yeah. like, that's the whole. Yep, yeah, a lot of comic book references here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're talking about in I Am Paul Walker. Brian Paul Walker was almost Aquaman. Superman. Superman. Oh, I'm sorry. I crossed. You crossed, you crossed the streams. <laughs> I crossed Entourage. With, sorry, I, I crossed. Medellin. Because we were watching. Fucking the, the, notebook the notebook yesterday with E in it, yeah. and my mind's on Entourage now, so I said Aquaman. But yes, Superman. How much of Roman and Tej's banter do you think is improv? Well, we know that at the end of the movie... Oh, that's my favorite scene. ...when Hobbes says, you know, you better hide that big-ass forehead, and Ludacris spits out. <laughs> uh, that's improv. I think probably, I would guess maybe 50-50. I feel like these are the kind of movies where... They're probably adhering pretty tightly to a script and then let them go. Yeah, it would just be like some and little think, lines here and there. And I think that they probably let Roman and Tej have input on the script lines for themselves. So maybe it's not like improv there, but I think that they're letting, like, they're talking with the screenwriters. They're like, you guys are going to have a banter. And he's like, what if I make fun of his forehead? And they're like, okay, you have a big ass forehead. And he's like, okay, cool. But I also feel like Chris Morgan, who has written most of these movies, not all the movies, but most of the movies, like, knows these characters better than probably even yeah. the actors themselves, right? So he knows. We're not at the point where Roman is annoying. Like, we're sort of getting to that point. I like, I hate him in eight, annoying. but uh, we're still, like, it's still fun. It's still, like, brotherly sibling banter between yeah. the two of them. And I like that. What, do you, what about you? How much do you think? Do you think it's, like, mostly improv or mostly scripted? Or where, where do you fall in the discussion? I think there are certain scenes they were like, all right, just go crazy. Yep. Like, when they're playing with the harpoon gun, I think that scene was a lot of improv. Yeah. I don't know. I notice it in certain times and I'm like oh you know what I don't think that one was scripted because someone will laugh a little too hard or be caught just like yep. a little bit off guard yep you can tell a lot by Ludacris's reactions because I don't think that he hides like pure hilarity yeah. very well so if you watch his face in the scenes when he like starts laughing as the line gets delivered like that's like yeah, yeah he, he would he would be the one to break on SNL yes <laughs> I always forget that she shoots him when Letty shoots Dom. Yeah. But at the end of the movie where, or we've talked a couple times about how Letty harpoons Gina Carano out of the... In the chest. And I was like, is that the most brutal death in the franchise? And then, like the next scene, Gal saves Han by shooting the guy and yes. dying. Yeah. But then the guy he falls into the jet engined. turbine. They, I was like, oh, that's him. the most brutal. <laughs> yeah. They kill so many people in this movie. It is yeah. insane. Yeah. This was the one, uh, Rachel was watching this this time, and, and we've talked about this before. We talk about, like, who kills more people, the Avengers or Fast and the Furious? Rachel was, like, watching it this time, and she was like, it might be Fast and the Furious. I like, in this one, like, they kill a fuck Shaw's ton of people. just, he's a killing machine in this movie. You have to wonder if it's, are you asking, like, if the specific actors or if it's the world because if it's the world it's absolutely the avengers because there are like global size yeah they're like fuck new york yeah. up. but if you're talking asking like does dom or iron man kill more people no i meant in like the grand scheme of i things. think it's, there's like literal super villains as opposed yeah. to these are just like crazy bank robbers you know what i mean like it's the, yeah. the stakes are like the stakes are high the stakes are way lower than like in in the scale of outside of the physical realm versus loosely based in reality yeah I think that if you put them on their own scale, sure. the Fast and the Furious does worse. 
maybe. Because these are like real people that aren't superheroes, I mean, in the traditional sense, and they kill so many people. Every car that they crush, there's a driver in there that's dead now. Yeah, exactly. I do want to go back for a second to the jet turbine. Did you guys watch Game Night? I don't remember. Yes, Yes. we did. So at the end of Game Night, when they're trying to get the, onto the plane. The oh, God, I love that movie so much. It's great, yeah. I but love Rachel McAdams. In Rachel it McAdams is there, and she's like about to face a guy, and then they start the, the propeller, and the guy flies on the propeller. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I goes, do remember this. Yes! And then she goes, oh, no, he died! Yes. And, of course, just from us watching The Notebook the other night, and Rachel McAdams on the heart and on the mind. Yes. But I just love that. Like, that's the kind of reaction that I kind of want here. I want to make a clip, like a small, like, meme clip where we have the guy getting engined in this one and then Rachel McAdams going, yes, oh no, he died. And like, (laughs) you know, if we could just like edit the two together real quick. Since we recorded the intro in the days in between, I posted a thing on our Facebook page and our Twitter page about how Chris Morgan, who writes the movies, said he doesn't rule, he hasn't ruled out Fast and Furious in space. Which is my dream. And I don't know if you read the whole article, but he basically said, you know, people criticized the end of this movie for, like, how long is that runway? But he says, while you're watching it, you're like, is Han okay? Is Giselle okay? Are they going to get out of this alive? And so, yes, it's insane, but it's also at the same time... You're not thinking about it. Like, when you first watch it, you're not like, how long is this runway? Because if you are, you're like, the movie's not working for you. Yes. But because they're able to write it in a way where it's character-driven, only after the fact, like on the ride home, he's saying, he's like, wait, wait how, how, how long was that runway? Exactly. But like, that's, I think, the important thing, that like, as crazy as things get in this world, they still bring it always to a focus of the characters. And you're yes. always concerned for their safety and their well-being and their relationships with one another. And only after the fact, when you're sort of decompressing and coming off that high you're of like, a 25-minute <laughs> or an hour-long set piece yeah. to end the movie, you're like, wait a second, exactly. It's yeah, like, um, wait a I do what? think with the runway, though, they're showing you both inside and outside of the plane yeah, at the same I, time. Yeah, it's overlapping. If you, were, if you, were, ah, if you yeah. were to cut out all of the scenes with specifically only inside and specifically only outside, it would obviously yeah, long, yeah. make more sense. Yep. They did a calculation. They said it was 25 miles long. If we split it in half. So a 13-mile runway. A 13-mile <laughs> runway. All right, so like world's third longest runway. <laughs> yeah. I like that article, though. In that article, he said his main point of the movies is he tries to stick to physics, right? Like, he tries to keep it grounded in reality yeah but he said the main goal that he has beyond that is to just make sure that he doesn't break the physics in the movie so bad that you snap out of it and go that could never happen he just wants to keep you in it just enough that you're like it's really probably impossible but it could happen like there's there's a small chance there's a small chance that if like dom was this geometry major and leaped across the bridge and caught letty he could do it it's not like impossible like it statistically is impossible but it could happen. Sure. And that's like his whole goal. And I really respected that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Something that made me laugh this watch around is when they're trying to track down the bullet. Brian immediately like figures out what it is. And he's like, I was a cop for a lot of years. <laughs> like, first of all, no, you weren't. <laughs> you were, he was what, like 24 in the first movie? Probably, yeah. So yeah. he was probably fresh out of freaking police academy. Maybe three years max. Two yeah. or three years, yeah. And also, he was a shitty cop. Yep. But he got promoted to the <laughs> FBI. Because look at that handsome face. Oof. He went straight to the FBI. After taking a detour of being on the run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were like, hey, we know you were a shitty cop, but you were on the run for a little bit, but do you want to Do you want to get a promotion? But you're hot. Yeah, but you're kind of cute. I think it's funny that they're trying to frame him as like being a good cop. He was not a good cop. No, he no. was not a good cop. He was the a cop for a lot of years. He did, he did all of the wrong things. A lot of years. Over and over again. Repeatedly, he did all of the wrong things. 
from the beginning, from the very beginning of the first movie, he just fucked this up terribly. His handsome face will get you far in this world. <laughs> I do think that this movie has the best twist in it, though. Of the Gina Carano reversal? Yeah. yeah. That reveal a, a is, is a complete punch to the stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like, the first couple laps we were watching this, I had forgotten it, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm so tied up with all of the family characters. Then when we get to that point, I'm just like, oh, shit. I do. I think that that's a great reveal. And the way that they even just shoot that specific scene, he like looks, you see Letty, and then the camera just like pans a little bit to the right, mm-hmm. and you see Gina Carano, and it like refocuses, and she's like, yeah, and then walks. Like, it just like the whole setup of the shot, too, is perfect. And we were talking about in the opening to this episode about how like characters going from good to bad, it yeah. didn't work for Dom, but it kind of works there for her. And it works there very well. It's effective there because you don't, there's not even, I don't think, a second in your mind where you're like, oh, she could be bad. Because it feels like after Brazil, yeah. Hobbes would be even more diligent in terms of figuring out That's who's the good thing. and who's bad. Yeah. He is a really good perception, and right? And somehow, yeah. she's able to dupe him. Yeah, she flew under the radar. Maybe that's going to be a huge character flaw in Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe he like underestimates someone, and that's like a turn. So actually, let's take a quick detour. So Rachel, we are now, at, like we said before, four days away from seeing Hobbs and Shaw. As this episode comes out, it's two days away. What do you want to see? Without spoilers, I don't know how much of the trailers you've watched, how much I try to not taken watch in. them. What do you want to see? What don't you want to see? Because Joe and I did this last episode. We had our whole Hobbs and Shaw yeah, preview. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? You know Hobbs. You love Hobbs. Mm-hmm. You like Shaw. Shaw's fun. But what are you looking forward to most? I guess two-part question, both in Hobbs and Shaw, and then also where the franchise is going to go from here with Fast 9, spinoffs, and so on. I'm scared that it's going to be too cliche. Like, okay. bad guy gone good, he's on our side now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm scared of where it would go if that happens, because sure. I feel like it's too predictable. Yep. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with him, because at the end of 8, I really, I, I really liked how his character was going with yeah. like the whole baby scene and everything. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. So I mean, I, I want him to stay on like the bad side of good. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want him to be neutral, not okay. in the family, but not an enemy of the family. None of them are purely good, and none of them are purely evil. They're all in that gray area, and I think he fits in well there. It's just overcoming the Justice for Han debate, where it's right. like he murdered a beloved family member. Right. Are we going to really let him back in, even though he is charming? And awesome well, and I mean, fun and funny and Can't cool. you treat this like your ex-girlfriend at this point, though? Like, like, okay, it happened, but let's get on, like, beyond that. I, like, I want justice for Han, and I know that I feel a certain way. But at the time, Statham doesn't really know who Han is. Exactly. So, like, we have to kind they're, of forgive him. He's coming him. at them because they're fucking with his brother. Yeah. You know? It's, so he's doing he's, stuff for his family, family, too. Yep. Exactly. So you have to look at it. They're both doing things for their family. Yeah. So can you really blame him? I don't know. That's a good question. What about beyond that, beyond Hobbs and Shaw? Joe and I haven't really talked about this too much. I guess we sort of talked about it in broad strokes. But like, if you think the what they've said is true, which I don't think Joe and I do, but say there's only two more main installments in the movies. There's nine, there's ten, and they're done. They'll have spinoffs and whatever. I don't think they're going to do that. But but where do you want to see these franchise go? Do you want to see it go to space? Do you want to see it... What what stories do you want to see to wrap up or bring back, or who do you want to have them add, or where do you want to see further character this family and this franchise go? I think at this point, if you throw more new characters in, it's just going to be too much, like too many people. Mm-hmm. So once we add Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> that's it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we got Cena in nine and Chalamet in ten, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and introducing Timothy Chalamet. Oh, we should add Zendaya in it Dom's too. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw her in there, to be honest. Yeah. I want I want um, Ramsey and Zendaya just to change places. Cut Ramsey out and just put Zendaya in as Ramsey, and we just but pretend like, like it never I happened. Like I like Ramsey, too, but I would like them to do, like, I. that's what I want. I want wacky shit, like a full character swap. Like, instead of, 
like Tyrese, we just replace him with someone else. Like and on, we just pretend like it didn't like happen. Like on the 90s sitcoms where like, all right, like Becky's a new person now and no one says anything about yeah, it. Yeah, like Aunt Viv. We yeah, just get like yeah, a new yeah. Aunt Viv <laughs> and nobody says anything about it. I would hate that. I know. Or like in the in Iron Man franchise, right? Exactly. Yep. Where they're like, oh, Rhodey looks different. He's not Terrence Howard anymore. He's Don Cheadle. What? <laughs> And they make one joke and they move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I would love. I think it would be really funny if Fast and Furious does that. They're going to have a point where, like, you know, you had Vin Diesel and The Rock fighting. Like, imagine if they would just, like, replace The Rock. Like, not that you can do it, but imagine if they would have tried to just, like, replace The Rock with John Cena. And he'd have been like, oh, you couldn't see me before or something, you know? Come on. How good would that line be? Oh, my God. Yes, but, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I just love, I mean, I love I love these actors because of, the, like, I don't. I don't care about Ludacris. I don't. I don't know if this is blasphemous. I don't care about Ludacris or Tyrese outside of these you, no. outside of these movies. You know what I mean? Not at all. But yeah. I don't want them to be removed from these movies. No, they're, I don't want them to be removed. Part. I want like a. I want like just like one shitty character swap. I'm, I'm stuck on Lifetime movies right now. My you brain are. is in Lifetime movie land forever. Not 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 right now. Always, you're always yeah. stuck on Lifetime movies. I just want like one really corny thing to happen in Fast and the Furious like that. Like, cause it would make me really happy. Like, I know, because everyone I know that the else is so just angry. Cry. Like, it would just be, like, just outraged the yeah. whole so time. So, you, you want it to go to a corny place? Like, maybe in 10. Like, well, when they're, like, like wrapping it up. I feel like it's kind you of already, it, yeah, already, in the corny it's already place. corny, but you also can't go corn in 10. Like, 10 has got to be, like, the most serious, ten has somber, to be, yeah. like, If we're going to wrap it, it up, out. it yeah. has to be, like, all the loose ends are tied up. Yep. And it's got to be somewhat serious. Yeah. So, it's going to be a 17 hour movie. It's going to be the world's longest runway movie. Yeah. You're going to get out of there. You're going to be like, they were fighting in space for 17 hours. <laughs> Love it. So what else? In terms of, you know, where it's going to go, Rachel, what else do you, is there anything else you want in these movies or you sort of want to just sit back? I, and I'm kind of just along for the ride. Yeah. I, I haven't had any issues with where they're taking it so far. You know, I didn't hate eight as much as you guys did. Right. Um, I would like to figure out what Cypher's deal is. Yeah. Well, she's going to be back, like, she's what's gonna be back in point? nine. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, well, we're predicting that. They're definitely going to suss out what's going on with Cypher because she's coming back in nine. There's no reason for her to not do that. Like, what's I? I, I got to know what what her deal is. Yeah, yeah. I, I trust them. Yeah, I think I, I do too. I think so. Here's I, well, I guess the question you you liked eight more than us, but Joe, did the trust you have in these writers go down at all after eight, or do you feel like that was just like a misstep? But they're in the, they're on the right track or the right path back toward where we were i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and i think that we don't understand eight right now okay i agree in the sense of where nine and ten are gonna go and i think that they gave us a lot that we just don't know what the stakes were and nine will be very telling if they backtrack yeah or if they build on that story and give us something that we didn't we didn't see happening like like we said dude the chain was in the first one and it's a pivotal part in six and then comes back to be a huge part in eight like that's a three movie yep. s- yeah. set piece. So there that, could there could have been like a whole J.K. Rowling plan. Ex- I hope so. That that's that's what I wish for because like I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Hobbs was gay the whole time, just yeah. like Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that if what's his name, Chris what? Morgan, Chris Morgan, Chris Morgan. I think that if he wrote pretty much every Fast and the Furious movie, he has a plan at this point, right? If, so. you're, if you're eight deep, like, he's like, okay, this is where nine and ten, like, he has foresight to see where the rest of them are going to go. I think so. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming that that's what's happening. Joe, did you have any other notes? Do you have any new notes about this movie? No, I talked about the, the, the main thing for me was Elena pointing to her stomach saying, this is my family. We talked about it in the intro, because that was, like, my big new lap observation. Yep. Yeah, that's that's like my main takeaway from this one. Any other thoughts from you, Rachel, or no? 
I'm glad that Hobbs is a lot less sweaty in this one. Earlier, when they're chasing down like the flip cars, they're trying to, you know, it's the setup and they go after them, and then Hobbs jumps from his car off the highway onto the lower highway. Yeah, it's a little teaser to see what D- what Dom is going to do later. It's a little foreshadowing. Mm. Yeah, it's an amuse bouche of the <laughs> of the jumping. <sighs> yeah, but he doesn't. He's not sweating as much, but he does like roll over and like shoot, 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 and then as he's on the ground, he just spits at the camera. <laughs> so hot. Also, how is Hobbs such a bad shot? Because Brian hits everything, and he was the shittiest cop in the world. Hobbs is, like, essentially a Navy SEAL and misses the entire car. I feel like Brian got way better at fighting in this movie. You know Wes's theory, right? No. Automancers. They're automancers. So Wes has a theory that every character in The Fast and Furious is an automancer. And this is, like, an idea... Well, it, it mainly comes from stuff like if you play Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. The more you're near something the better you become at that thing. So it's like... So the more Brian has a gun, the better shot he is. Okay. The more Tej has a computer, the better hacker he is. The more times Dom's in a car, the better driver so he is. So literally touching the okay. car powers them up to become better at whatever. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. That's I, I can see it. It makes sense, right? Because like every time you see them, like every episode, and uh, Dom, you know, Vin Diesel's a big fan of uh, Dungeons & Dragons, so it would make sense that he would use this kind of premise in his movies so before we go to find out what character rachel is before we go to the twitter game before we go to the what the car picture that weston in we teased this before and we would normally do this in the intro but i yeah it's better to do it we want to do it together so we had our said our friend liam sent us mail from do you have the the letter i have them over here yeah the letter i'll read it again real quick to my favorite fast and furious theme podcast made this magazine and air freshener Oh, boy. Let me see. Find you well. Keep burning rubber, raise a corona, and always live your life a quarter oh mile at a time. Enjoy. Love, Liam. P.S. One of Zac Efron joining the franchise. Missed opportunity. Well, Zac Efron and Timothy Chalamet are going to be the new Dom and Brian in the next one. Oh I hope God. so. Who's who's who? Zep is going to be... Paul Walker. No, Zep obviously So has Timothy Chalamet is going to be Dom? Dom. Yeah. Zep has to be Dom because he's more muscular. It just We have to go strictly based on physical... <laughs> attributes at this point yeah blue and eyes timothy chalamet blue eyes timothy chalamet's like nice and frail he's a good brian this is awesome so so liam sent us an air freshener what's it say what's it say it's on the fast air and furious hobbs and shaw it's like it's like a an air freshener for the movie and it says i'm an ice cold can of whoop ass on one side and on the other side it says i'm what you might call a champagne problem shaw on the other side and i think that they say this in the trailer I think I vaguely remember them both saying this in the trailer, okay. but this is fucking awesome. It's, so it's like a, it looks like a tire, and it says Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. This is really, really cool. So I'm also going I to wish we got these in America. flip Fuck. through this uh, Fast and Furious Full Throttle Franchise Celebration Total Film Presents magazine he sent us. Uh, there's an opening letter from the deputy editor, deputy editor Matt Matem. This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission and Freak Insanity. <laughs> then there's a full <laughs> which sp- is this movie, right? Yep. Then there's yeah. a full sp- full page spread. With the picture from the first movie. The original cast, yeah. And this is uh, Chris Morgan talks yeah. the Fast and Furious through the timeline tripping, or t- talks total film through the timeline tripping super franchise. And again, this is the long interview with Chris Morgan. Then there's a Q&A with, or an interview with Dwayne Johnson. And this looks very familiar, doesn't it? Does. It does. What? That page right there, the yellow page, looks very uh, stats of the Furious, doesn't it? It sure does. So here's some in numbers. 20, length and minutes of the Vin Diesel directed, oh, that's... How long Los Bandoleros is? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play some uh, guessing games. Okay. What's the fastest miles per hour the stunt drivers actually drive for safety reasons? Oh, um... 120. No, 55. 50. 
They have to make it look like it's going really fast. 50 is, like, dangerous as a stunt driver. Interesting. How many sound effects... You're dangerous at, like, five miles an hour. I am not. How many sound effects were in the very first street race sequence? Seven. That's a oh, crapshoot. I feel like it's going to be way higher. Go ahead. Guess. I don't know. Uh, 17. 15,000. What? Wow. <laughs> how many Oscar nominations, despite Vin Diesel's best picture prediction, how many Oscar nominations has the series gotten? Zero. Zero. I don't know if it's the series or just Furious 7, but yeah. Which movie is highest rated on IMDb has a 7.3 out of 10? Six. Seven. Five. Oh. Oh. A 350 FX shots required to complete Paul Walker's final performance. How many cars do you think were the first race wars? At the very first one. The very first In the race desert wars. one. In the movie. The first time we see race wars, how many people, how many cars do you think they're there? Uh, I'm going to go 200. 80. 1,500. Wow. That's a ton. 4,000. Well, like every fucking tuner in California at that point, or yep. Vegas and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. 4,000 tires. I think we talked about this. Tires donated by Toyo to Tokyo Drift. Only half were used. We talked about that for sure in the past. Yeah. Budget hike from the first film, 38 million, to the eighth, 250 million. So $212 million more to make the eighth movie than it cost to make the first Jeez. movie. 700 to 900 cars typically used per installment. 3,500 man days, like, you know, eight hours, man, man yeah. hours. Required to complete all Fast and Furious 7 stunts. Just the stunts. Yeah, that would make sense. The Lycan Hypersport in Furious 7 cost $3.4 million. Yeah, the one they jump out of the building. Vin Diesel turned down $25 million to appear in Too Fast, Too Furious. That's a ton of money, to be honest, dude. Total number of times the word family is mentioned across all eight films, 44. Oh, that seems low. That seems kind of low. I think it's really funny that they did just jacked Stats of the Furious. Yeah, but like... It's terrible. Kind of worse. Yeah, Stats of Furious is cool. This is Stats like, of Furious mm. is cool. The, an interview with the car coordinator for the movies. Is it Craig Lieberman? Dennis McCarthy. Okay, because Craig Lieberman did the first two, so he must be the new guy then, Dennis McCarthy. They have uh, a thing about the diversity of the franchise. Yeah, which we always talk about. Where in the world this is a uh, where the movies take place. Oh, that's which cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this is about the supersized set pieces, the stunt coordinator. Yeah, it looks like stunts, yeah. Stunts talking through all those. Interview with Isaac Gonzalez, who's from Hobbs and Shaw. Cool. She's also from Baby Driver. Well, I she's think also I got a new... And beautiful. Some, I feel like she's from something else, too. Isaac Gonzalez, maybe. I think that they did a good job replacing Gal. Isaac Gonzalez, known for Baby Driver, known for... Oh, she's also in Alita, but she's, like, in heavy makeup in Alita. Mm, okay. Um, she's in the From Dustal Dawn TV series, Paradise Hills, which is a new movie coming out that I'm very much looking forward to. She plays Madame M in Hobbs and Shaw. Madam M. I wonder if she's a real madam. That would be really. That would be a hot take. I don't think they could put like a brothel in Hobbs and Shaw. They absolutely could. Absolutely. Why not? Could. They're PG thirteen movies. Firefly had like you know Marina Baccarin's character was like this like courtesan whatever like you could, if you tastefully do it, like you just don't show banging in the room. No money exchanging hands. I Here, think is here's the, a page about the vehicles uh, in the movies. Also, gal on her bike. Okay. Like little gal, big Isa. How fast five swerved lanes, but pedal to the metal to elevate the franchise. Yep. I actually have a question for anybody who's listening from England. If Liam's listening, I don't think Liam's listening. But they keep mentioning, like, Fast and Furious 5, Fast and Furious 7. Like, I wonder if overseas... They just named them just that? They're just Fast and Furious 5, Fast and Furious 7, as opposed to, like, Fast 5, Furious 7. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we, maybe we can check Liam's DVD collection. I know he's posted pictures of it before. Uh, this is about how they film drag races. Oh, this is specifically the, the, the filming... The or safe. The, the safe in Rio, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I want to check that one out. Interview with Vanessa Kirby... Yeah, I'm Shaw sister for her, too. Sister Shaw. So we added two new women in this one, which is cool. Yeah. To and balance I, it. I mean, and also, I think I think Hobbs' mom is in this. I think. I, I think. Isn't Shaw's mom in it? Well, Shaw's mom, yeah, but she's Definitely. also in Helen eight. Definitely, Helen Mirren is Helen in Helen Mirren's it. also in eight. 
Right. Obituary for Paul oh. Walker. That's sad. All or right, Farewell. The, 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 just, this is just talking about Fate of the Furious. Yeah, the sub. The sub breaking through the ice. Or as they call it, Fast and Furious 8. That's weird. Yeah, maybe they do. Interview with Vin from 2017. Cool. About the cars, about driving fast in the movies. Nice. It feels like this is kind of a collection of like things that they've talked about over the course of the franchise put together, but this is awesome. Like, I said, there's no ads. This is all just straight-up content. It's all content, yeah. This is a rundown of what happens in each movie. Oh. That's actually really nice for us to have. The head count, which Fast and Furious makes them, or which Fast, which fast family member makes the most feature appearances? Who is it? They don't have counts. They just have little heads. So they have like, like five little Romans, six little Lettys. Okay. And three Shaws and five Hans and four other Shaws and three Brian or three. Uh, oh, so this is how many movies they've been in? Yeah. Yeah, including archive footage, photos, and cameos. Okay. Uh, and then we have box office charts here in terms of budget, box office, and Rotten Tomatoes scores. So collectively, Fast and Furious Seven was the best overall. Yeah. In a weird kind of combination. We have Vin a Vin, Vin diagram, bald on one side, burly on the other, and we've got Hobbs, Dom, Shaw all in the middle, the over the crossover. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. So here, what's in a name? Title changes across the pond. Ah, okay, cool, cool, cool. They explain it for us. Go ahead. Yep, so Fast and Furious 5 was Fast 5 here. Fast and Furious 7, Furious 7, Fast and Furious 8, Play the Furious. Fast and Furious, Colin Hobbs and Shaw. Here is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Interesting. And then we have an interview with Jason Statham talking about... Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. And then, and then a d- car. Uh, yeah. The Charger. Charger. Dad, Dom's dad's Charger. Yeah. And That's a back, really cool magazine. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Same. So I'll leave this here for you to read, and if you want to bring it back to me on Thursday, because I haven't read it yet. Cool. If you want to thumb through that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a peek at so it. So thanks again, Liam, for sending that in. Yeah, this is awesome. Because it's very, very cool. All right, Rachel. The time has come for us to find out officially who you are in the quiz. I'm excited. So remember, there are seven questions. Okay. Six answers per question. Okay. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, Razor Scooter. <laughs> Probably a Prius. <laughs> Joe, do you agree with that? Do you think she's yeah, a Prius? Yeah, I can take that. I can, I, can still, I can still speed in a Prius. Sure. Yeah, she does. And do it economically <laughs> and environmentally. Officially. Yeah. Rachel, how furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one set, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, Jack McBrayer. That's hard. It depends. Did Joe piss me off? Or am I... Is this just <laughs> regular... <laughs> Well, I'm constantly pissing you off, so... Christian Bale on that one set. Okay. Oh. Rachel, we're having a barbecue, which we had a barbecue yesterday. We Joe, did. You guys uh, said farewell to one of Joe's co-workers as he's going back yeah. to Croatia. Yeah. A lot we of played See You up. Again on loop the whole time. Tears streaming down our face. Rachel, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? I'm kicking back with a beer. You have time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? I'm probably drinking another beer. That's <laughs> okay. totally fine. You're allowed to drink beers. Rachel, describe your wedding, which we know what it was, and Joe already answered this question himself, too. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't say I don't remember. <laughs> I said I'm never getting married. Hey. <laughs> again. I mean, again. Once is enough. I'm just I gonna, love you. I, I'm going to say it was just us. Me and it's my like partner or us and our families? Just me and my partner. Okay. It was only like half true. But. Yeah. Rachel, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own Ooh. garage? A private plane? I'm gambling it all away. My child at home? A fleet of cars? 
a new life. A new life. See you uh, later. Yeah. Rachel, what's your drink of choice? Her Belgian real, her real choice would have been a fleet of cars, because if Rachel wins the lottery, I'm stealing all of that money. We'll see about that. Okay. Rich, what's your drink of choice? And I don't, your actual drink of choice is not on here. So, Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having. I'll go with something fruity. Okay. Yeah, I think you'd go with something fruity. That makes sense. Rachel, you are Mr. Nobody. Oh. Rachel, people see you as a bit of a mystery and you love it. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. True. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, so you'll settle for friends. And you drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. I was going to ask and make sure that I still drive like the wind blows. Oh, you Not everybody did. drives like the wind blows, but really? Mr. Nobody does. Other people do other things as the wind blows, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, Mr. Nobody. So Duke you got a different answer than you did the original time. That's what I'm saying. Awesome. It's hard. It depends on like what I'm feeling in that day. Yep. So It's now time to play our two games. First up, this ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. boy, do we have a podcast for you. So I'm going to ask both of you. And I think, Rachel, you found one last I night. Have two. Go on Twitter, twitter.com, and find any tweet from anyone you think would be interested in learning about this podcast. We're going to tweet at them, Boy Do We Have a Podcast View, link to the show. If they like, retweet, reply, or email, points awarded to you. So as a recap, in total, I have eight points. Joe has 15. Mike Manzi has nine. Chris Malika has five. And Chris Podcast has won. No pressure to get any points because we are all terrible at this game. But before we go, before we do the new episode, Joe, we're going to look back at last time. Okay? Okay. So first up, I found Hugh Blackman at GRZY. I know that Hobbs and Shaw is going to be a run-of-the-mill The Rock action flick, but the, but the trailers have been nothing short of flames. That Hove mix, man. And for some reason... Blocked? I'm No, I'm not seeing our tweet. Really? It might not have sent, but again, either way, no points. Thanks. That was mine. That's a really shitty... Oh, but okay. Also, you found Giovanni at Long Live Lanky. This seven-hour car ride fucking sucks. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. That one sent... Did not respond. No replies. Zero points. He had seven hours to do nothing, and he could have listened to some of our episodes, but nope. Next up, Kyle found... Marco Cervantes at one original Mac. I wonder what the car chase count is so far in Greater Los Angeles of 2019. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. We did shitty last round. Huh? And Brian found. He had two, but he picked AJ, one. the man of a thousand prototypes, at AJ Jones Dev. I had Donza Kaduro played at my wedding because of how much I loved it at the end of Fast Five. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. I really do wonder if we're like if these are actually being seen because it feels like we're shadow banned. It is amazing how just none of these happen at all. All right, Joe, you send in yours. Do you want to read yours out loud, Rachel? If you want to text yours to me or Facebook it to me yes. or whatever. Um, Degards requires a little bit of explanation. That's fine. Degards at Degards. I don't want to hear whatever jokes the Fast and Furious writers make about Hobbs fucking Shaw's sister. Boy. Do we have a podcast for you? Because I don't want to hear jokes about Hobbs fucking Shaw's sister either because I want Hobbs to be gay. And then he replied to his own thing and said, I'm already over it. Where's his daughter at? 
So I don't know if you saw the movie already or what. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Dayguard. Rachel, you want to read yours aloud, please? All right. So as I was searching yesterday, I came across this Twitter. Yep. Their, their name is Scafe for America. Mm-hmm. Their handle is at Aaron Scafe. Okay. Aaron is watching the whole series for the yep. first time. For the first time. First time. And she is documenting all of it. And she's got 31,000 followers on and Twitter. She and she's got a just page. watched six yesterday. Ooh. So I think it's perfect timing. So there's honestly a multitude oh, actually, so, that we can reply to here. So here's, so. here's what's interesting. Pick your best one. So her name is Scafe for America, but her Patreon is Erin's Cafe. So oh, I'm not sure if she's Erin Scafe or Erin's Cafe. Or maybe it's maybe it Scaife, is Erin Scafe and then she put a nice little play yeah. on it for Erin's Cafe. Her Patreon is 137 patrons. Ooh, so. Damn. Let's, let's look she's up killing her. it. So Rachel, which tweet do you want me to reply to specifically? Oh, that's so hard. So there's a really good one that she attaches a gif of luda spitting out his beer i absolutely adore ludicrous mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 fight scenes just excellent work all around that's also a good one pick one you gotta do one oh lady let's do this is what true love looks like and it's a gif of on giselle no uh, of dom, dom catching oh okay yep. let's yeah. go with that one okay that's a good one i like it more so than any other person in this uh in this game i want Aaron skate Aaron's cafe to uh i think she would truly tweet. appreciate it she would probably come on the podcast on our Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this notification yet, Joey, because it might have come as we were... Rec- yeah, it did come as we were recording. We had, like, entered the Hobbs and Shaw sweepstakes, and somebody just replied, the Fast and the Furious movies all suck dick. Oh, he just followed us, too. This guy, Mikey Mike Michael. Yeah. So, like, a Mike Manzi burner account? I don't know, but it's also the Tom picture Tom from, from MySpace. MySpace. He's following 71 people. One of them was us to tell us that the Fast and the Furious movies all suck dick. Yeah, he just followed us while we were recording. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, boy, do we have a podcast for him. If you don't use that tweet, I just, I missed it. You should use that one. We need to at least, like, even if it doesn't count, we need to, boy, do we have a podcast for you reply to this guy. I'll I'll, I'll say that. (laughs) Okay. Because you're queuing him up right now anyways. That's the best response to that. The Fast and Furious movies all suck dick. Sent. I'm not going to use that. (laughs) That's fine. Someone replies to Crystal Lee and just says, coming next fall, Hobbs and Shaw in space on ice. (laughs) I like that. I'd watch it. I, I would love a Fast and Furious on Ice. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man. I would go. We would go. For we sure. Definitely go. Okay, I'm just going to do this one. I'm going to find. I found Rhodes Island at Road Zero X. Tweeted one minute ago. Decided against waiting till my birthday to see Hobbs and Shaw. So going 11 a.m. on. Or 11.30 a.m. on Friday. Car emoji, airplane emoji, blue heart emoji, sunglasses cool emoji. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Sent. Perfect. I think we got some good ones that, that round. I agree. We also got some notifications in oh, from... Oh, that's just me liking him saying... Oh, you, you liked <laughs> and retweeted. Fast and okay, yep. movies suck dick, and I liked and retweeted that. So that was, I think, a hopefully a pretty successful game, but we will see. We will we'll see. We will see, see. Man. So the final thing to do on this episode is we have a car guessing game. This was sent in from Wes about a month ago. Yeah, we've been saving it. He says, this week's car picture is kind of a weird one. The story behind it is weird, not the car. He says, well, maybe a little. You oh, so Rachel already with... looked, so she's definitely on your team then. I, guess I don't know anything about cars. So you're going to help me give the clues. I can't, okay. I can't be on your team. That's fair. I have okay. nothing to offer. Okay. That's the story of my life. <laughs> Wes says, a crazy thing has been happening around here the last couple of weeks. Mrs. Wes never knew her biological dad, and she started a podcast about her. She was starting a podcast about it. I remember, it. yeah. He, sent us, he, talk, he talked to us about this yep. before. Yeah. But she recently found him 
And oh, after a cool. few failed attempts over the last few months, she finally got in contact with him last Tuesday. It's been really crazy. Very cool. Actually kind of a best-case scenario, which is a huge relief. Awesome. That's uh, really cool. Good job. I mean, that's that's heartwarming. Makes me feel good. He says, the reason I'm telling you this is because while talking to him, he casually mentioned that at some point in the early 90s, we assume, he won a national Joker lookalike contest. Joker lookalike? Jack Nicholson's Joker wow. from the 89 Batman movie. Ah. And the prize was one of, Joker, one of the Joker goon cars from the movie. According to him, it was still used in the film, but I can't verify if it's true or if it's a replica. Either way, it looks cool, and he still owns it. But he just wow. loans it out to touring car shows now. He says he owns another movie car I might include in a later email, but we'll see. I've included a picture of her dad in his Joker costume with the car. Oh, Does wow. he look like him? Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, That's man. not Jack Nicholson? No, that is uh, Mrs. West's biological father, I guess. Whew. Whoa. Wow. So, okay. That reaction was good. I haven't seen the picture yet, but you guys are, like, very shocked. So, Joe, this car is from okay. 1979. It is American-made. Okay. Originally, so here's here's not what the car is. He says originally the Joker goon cars were both 78 Dodge 3700 GTs. Okay. Okay. One was wrecked and they replaced it with this car. It originally started as a as one thing for a different type of car and became its own model after the fact. Okay. And it was produced in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then went away for a while, and then came back. The one that we're guessing today, it's a it's a boxy car. It does not look like this anymore. Today, I mean, all, no cars look like this really anymore. But this is definitely a boxy car. Okay. I feel like it was a Plymouth. Is it a Plymouth? Nope. Okay, good. Boxy car. It's an American car, again. So it's kind of, honestly, a little nondescript. Uh, it kind of looks like, at least from the back, it kind of looks like, a, like an old... Oldsmobile, like kind of like yeah. a, a Grand Am. The headlights in the front are, it's just like a standard square, sort of rectangular-ish white with a, a vertical yellow on the sides, like the fog light. Pontiac? No. It looks like the front grille is like a very mild point. Mild point, not as pointed as the Pontiac. Okay. But it's, again, straight bars across. It is a light baby blue. Is it a Ford? Nope. And, and the other is one is Chevy? a... Chevy? Yeah, it's a Chevy. Chevy... Oh, Mikey Mike Michael replied. Hold on. Is it... He says, also, also I'm writing in questions I have for you boys. I gotta figure out how anyone could like these piece of shot movies. Tell him we welcome his questions. Well, well, no, he's three replies. Oh, I'm gonna listen and give it five stars. You know those movies are fucking horrible. Are you excited about the space comment? Just so you know, I subscribe to your podcast. Again, I don't hate you guys. I got nothing but love and support. But fuck those awful <laughs> movies. Also, I'm writing questions I have for you boys. I got to figure out how anyone could like these piece of shot movies. I'm just going to cool. say, I'm going to say, you fascinate us. <laughs> no, like you won the game. You won the game. Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait to hear your questions. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so it's a Chevy. It was made, but then became something else. It, no, it was made as a as a trim uh, a trim model yeah. for a different car, and then became its own model in 1978. So this is basically the An second Impala? year. Nope, it's still around today. I mean, no, Impala is still around today, but this car is still around today. Chevy. So my car. This is the one step up from my car. A Cavalier. No, do they still make that? I don't no. think so. The Impala is not the next step up. No, I think that's two up. Two up. They definitely didn't have a Veos. It's also an alcohol. Really? It's also the name of, uh, it's also the, the titular alcohol in a mixed drink, the Blank Bay Breeze. Oh, Bolt. He still doesn't know. No. Oh, I'm surprised. Okay, I thought I that thought for was a sure giveaway gave too, it but away. Yeah, but I was just like. No, what is it? It's also a place. It's a place? Mm-hmm. It's a city in California. The... It was made from 64 to 83 and 97 to the present. The back is two, four rectangular brake lights. In between the two brake lights on either side, there's a white brake light, a white reverse right light. Now. It's coconut flavored. <laughs> Rum? Yes. Yeah. Bombay? No. no. That's gin. I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's a place in California. Place in California. 
Parrot Bay? Yes, the Chevrolet Parrot <laughs> Bay car. Everyone's favorite vehicle. I want one. I'm so blanked on it. Give me something else. What letter does it start with? Oh, that's... It rhymes with Balibu. <laughs> Malibu. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. How the fuck did I forget about a Malibu? My dad had a Malibu. But here's the picture of Mrs. West's biological father as the Joker. Holy fuck. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. So he has a Malibu. Let me see the Malibu that he sent. I want to see his Malibu. I think it's the top one, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. It's kind of boxy. Like, it doesn't look like that anymore. You know what I mean? But No, but if you had this like movie card, that'd be awesome. So thank you, Wes. That seemed like such an easy sort of slam dunk. No, I fucked it up. Yeah. Totally dropped the ball on that one. I think we've been recording at weird times. This is like a morning one. I'm not like in car mode. I'm trying to give myself excuses. Yeah, I know. It's not working. You have a car mode? I have. I have. Yeah. When is car mode? Strictly after 5 p.m.? Yeah, the only time that I'm good at life. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you for joining us on this very special episode. Yeah, that was any awesome. Final thoughts, Fast and Furious Six, before we all regroup on Thursday to see Hobbs and Shaw. Any thoughts about the movie, the franchise, the podcast? Do you think these movies suck dick? <laughs> no, Are you Mikey like Michael? Movies. I do have one small bone to pick with this movie. Okay, Gal sacrifices herself. Yes, she gets like thrown onto the runway. Yep, but so does Shaw. And Correct. one of them survives the fall, the other one doesn't? How is that fair? Well, that's what I think. We're, we sort of saw it, say it's, um, it's Game of Thronesy in that yeah. way. In that no like, we didn't see, see her dead. Right. So we think there's a chance that she's alive. Not that she's going to be because... She's Wonder she Woman was, now. If she was alive, Han goes and has his like spiritual like alone time and she never checks in with him. Yes. That's really well, kind of shitty. She's probably very broken because Shaw Literally broken? Well, yeah, because yeah. next time we see Shaw, he's all true, fucked up. True, true, What if Han... Yeah, what if Han was pining over Gal but she was just in the hospital and no one yeah. knew it? and he's all... They would know it because they had Interpol God's Eye by Also, no one seven. even went back to check on her. No, and I, I get really upset that... Like, they all just stood the there just and comes stared up and goes, at the flames. Where's Gal? Where's Giselle? And asked him like four times, and Han's just, just like, like, stop it. Dead. But yeah, no one goes and checks on her. No. That always annoys me. Thought. She could still be on that runway. <sighs> R.I.P. Just healing on the runway under the Auto guise Man's of Aries. She's becoming more runway as it. <laughs> as she stays there. She's going to learn how. She's going to come out and just fly fighter planes. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter, and now Instagram again. We have officially brought back our Instagram for, I don't know, a couple minutes, I guess, probably. Yeah. Email us, family at cageclub.me, especially if you're Mikey Mike Michael. Let us know what you're thinking. Go see Hobbs and Shaw this week. Comes out this week. Right in. So here's the big here's the big ask. If you've made it all the way to the end here, send us emails to family at cageclub.me with your thoughts about the new movie. If you want to add it to your rankings now, or if you want to watch it a couple times and then rank, email it in, because we've got to get the new rankings from everybody with Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that's true. Also, just you know, if you want to send in a regular email, we will have the bonus episode of just the Hobbs and Shaw reaction in a couple no days. No emails. No emails, nothing but just our spoiler-free really reaction. Quick. And then two weeks, we're back for Furious 7, full episode. No full mini in between, but we get the initial reaction on Friday morning, or by Friday morning. Hopefully, yeah. And then Furious 7 in two weeks. Uh, with a very cool guest that I'm excited to talk to. But family at cageclub.me, go enjoy Hobbs and Shaw. Thank you for listening. We're going to get very excited to go see Hobbs and Shaw. I'm stoked. We've got the stickers. We've got the car for air freshener. We can pass on some stickers at the show. Absolutely. That's a good move, yeah. All good things. All goss things. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Rachel. And we'll see you in two weeks for Furious 7 right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Thank you.